Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it with, you made it with, you made it with. Hey, weirdos. It's, uh, it's Peter. It's Peter Holmes. Uh, that sounds different, doesn't it? Dr. Peter Holmes. Uh, my middle name's Benedict. That, that sounds even better. Peter Benedict Holmes. Eh, what a weird way to start. I apologize for the start. A couple things up top. Kurt Braunohler. 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 Kurt Braunohler. Uh, one of the funniest guys I know. Unbelievable episode. Of course I love it. I hope you love it. Way to support the show. You know this. You made it weird.com. We got a donate button and we got t-shirts made by weirdos for weirdos. Get some if you nasty. Uh, we've been plugging the Sklar Bros new show, United States of America. That's on Tuesdays, 10, 9 central on the History Channel. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We email the show, weird at nerdist.com. Tour date's coming up. I'm going to be at Sasquatch on May 26th. Uh, Bloomington, Indiana, May 31st through June 2nd. June 3rd, we're doing a live You Made It Weird on that Sunday, June 3rd. That's in Indiana. Indiana weirdos come out to that. That's going to be great. The, the rest of the weekend is regular stand-up at the Comedy Attic. That's all at the Comedy Attic. June 7th through 10th, I'm going to Bonnaroo. June 12th through 16th, I can't say that. Oh, no, I can. That's the Just for Last Festival in Chicago. i got to take that part off. I think I keep saying I can't say that, don't I? Anyway, the rest of these are going to be at PeteHolmes.com. I'm not going to list them all. PeteHolmes.com, go get some tickets to some shows. Love seeing the weirdos out. Thanks to all the Utah weirdos that came out uh, for a wonderful weekend at Wise Guys. Uh, hope to be back there soon. You can also support the show by shopping at, at Amazon through the Nerdist website. Go to Nerdist.com. Go to this uh Go to this podcast. What is this? What am I doing? Podcast. Click on the banner, then shop like you normally would. That is the way to do it. Let's get into Kurt Brown Brown Oler. Kurt Brown Oler. One of my favorites. Get into it. Oh man. Oh man. Hey Kurt. Hey Pete. How's it going? Oh God. You're a magical man. Oh, you're a magical man. Is that real? Because I was real when I said mine. <laughs> Do you want to? You don't think I'm real? It started with like an attack. <laughs> well, I, I didn't mean to attack your sincerity as much as I wanted to uh, reinforce mine. Oh, yo, I believe you when you tell me that I'm a magical man. Yeah, well, I believe it a hundred thousand percent. What I'd like to do is get you a room. Mm-hmm. Where at? London. Oh. No, no, I'm sorry. No. Outside of London. Yeah, somewhere, it's like... somewhere really sad. <laughs> no, a little sad no, town no, outside no, no, of no. London. Do you know in the movie, uh, it doesn't matter, Love was it Love Actually where Colin Firth has, he falls in love with his uh, nanny? Let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's no reason to stop the car now. <laughs> exactly. If I, I haven't heard it, we're not getting off this track. <laughs> we're not getting off the train. All you're headed towards is me going, well, I, that's what happens. <laughs> but he's in this like uh, English countryside, mm-hmm. and he's writing a book. Ooh. And he's by a pond. Not, not the pond, as they call the Atlantic Ocean, but right. a regular pond, which they call the Atlantic Ocean. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> British people call ponds the well, Atlantic. Small ponds, larger ponds are the Pacific. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they know what they're doing. They, I mean, they're not dumb people. It's they're their just, language. They just don't have a lot of sunshine. We just borrowed it. Or... Did we? Did... I think we owned it. <laughs> 
We took it. We took it what? like an American football and ran it to a better land. <laughs> Suck it, Europe. I'm kidding. Hey, European weirdos. Hope you're coming out to the European tour. <laughs> I'm kidding. There isn't a European tour, but I sure do like you. Guess what, though? I heard that from a, uh, from a linguist that the American accent is actually mm-hmm. more like the accent that was in England in uh, the 1600s. This one that we're using now? Yeah, this one. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the that awful like one a, that we're doing. That was a Jersey scamp that you just <laughs> wear. Yeah, this one. See? I stole your purse, and I'm only telling you about it because I know you can't catch me. A Jersey scamp? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That makes me think of, like, a scampy. Like a shrimp. A Jersey oh, yeah. scampy. Well, it's butter sauce. That's also mm, available in Jersey. Very, well, it's, everything is All covered the in that. cream sauces. Mm. I don't like, you know, here's a dish that I'll get every time. Every okay. And never like it. Lobster ravioli. Every time, time out. <laughs> with Pete Holmes rolling in dough everywhere oh, no, he goes. No, no, lobster Actually, ravioli. I'm very glad you said that because that's a misconception. Every time you order lobster ravioli in a restaurant, I'm not talking about a fancy restaurant, but fancy enough. Uh huh. Not even fancy. I'm picture. I'm in the North End right now. I'm in the North End, and uh-huh. it's a nice red and white tablecloth, and they have it. It's always a special. Yeah. First thing about lobster ravioli, it's always like five pieces. <laughs> they, they give it to you, and you're like, <laughs> to make is you this think to- it's more special. Yeah. <laughs> is this just to introduce me to the idea <laughs> that we're going to eat later? <laughs> have this. I'm, There's more later, like in course, three hours. Right, you're going to really right, be full up. Right, right. But it's so heavy. The sauce is like a, a fleece blanket. You'd get an LL, LL bean. Look. <laughs> I'd like to be an, a rapper called LL Bean, and I do LL Cool J songs, but in the whitest like apparel ever that you can return for a year, <laughs> and you can return my album a year after you buy it, my LL Bean album, and it actually and should ev- be Bin LL Bin B E E N LL Bin yeah like B E E N so that it's all been done. You can return it later. <laughs> That is, I didn't even realize just how laser accurate that was. <laughs> Got a lot of irons in the fire already. Got a lot Kurt. of irons. I always love hanging out with you, man. But to finish my very important point, Colin Firth is one of them. I'm a bad host because both of these talking points are mine. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Colin Firth we'll get back to you, but Lobster okay, Alley, right. I get it every time, and you're like, that just sounds amazing. But it, So it's the fleece blanket cream sauce, and you eat it. And you just immediately, as you're eating, it's decadence. You're like, this is a mistake. And then it puts you in a coma oh, yeah. like like aliens. Like yeah. you could fly to the moon. Like <laughs> oh, yeah. that one. Like not the one gurney. where they're against the wall and they say, please kill me now. No, not that, not <laughs> that one. I'm talking about the, the, the deep space sleep. Right. That sounds so great. Does it? I think I would have dreams. Uh, funny that you say that. Kurt, that's our first topic: dreams and hypersleep. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, let's consider. Let's get weird. Let's get let's weird. Let's talk about it. I'm down. Uh, Kurt, I'm sorry to say it, but you're dying. Okay. Okay. In this scenario. Okay. But I can. Is this how you're going to let me know in that mm. scenario? <laughs> Your doctor comes in. Just... How fucking freaky! Oh no, no, no! I see what you're saying. I thought you were saying I was actually telling you in the scenario. I no, would... no, no. In the scenario, this is how I find out. 
Kurt, you're dying. Kurt, you're dying. You're dying. I, I'm sorry that it's me to tell you this. <laughs> I know we've done a lot of shows together. Your doctor thought it would be better it's coming weird from they me. They chose Pete Holmes yeah. for this. Let, uh, look, let's do your last meal. Here's some lobster ravioli. I know there's only three, and you'll regret eating it. <laughs> That's all that point was, by the way. <laughs> Colin Firth, the Colin Firth, we won't forget this, was I want to send you to that cabin with the Atlantic Ocean Pond mm-hmm. and then set an alarm that goes off every morning that you might write your movies and your books and your uh-huh. little skits. And it's my voice and it just goes, Kurt, you're a magical man. And then you start your day. Can I do that for <laughs> and you? And I don't even need, there's no snooze on it because there's... I would never need more than just no, that little bit. Because your your body is filled would... with light. Yeah, just electricity. And electricity. And you go, oh, it's on. And then you sit at a jaunty typewriter because <laughs> you're, you're living above a jaunty typewriter shop because it's, <laughs> it's, it's outside of London. No, I know. And, and you're whipping the, whipping the pages out. Look, I'm going to bring my own show on track because this is too tangential for me, <laughs> for my taste. I don't like the show. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I'm loving it. So you're going to die. I'm going to die. Okay, two things. One, Colin Firth. Two, I die. No, Colin Firth we're done with. Oh, shit. Uh, I'm not even keeping up. No, you're doing great. Space, space death, mm-hmm. dreaming. Here's the scenario. You're dying. Okay. And I, uh, you didn't know this about me, but I'm a science man. Mm-hmm. One of those science men. And uh, I can guarantee... That I can freeze you now, mm-hmm. and we won't thaw you until we have a cure to what we're calling Kurt Braunohler disease, because you're the oh, only one Jesus. with it. So we can, I mean, like, think about it now. Vanilla Sky, man, let's get into this. Ted Williams's head. Do you do it? Because as the fucking Han Solo is being applied to you, all I'm thinking is, what if I have a dream that a little Rumpelstiltskin guy is chasing me and it's not for a millenna? <laughs> millenna. Well, here's my millennia. question, though. If I don't die from Kurt Brownler disease, does that mean Kurt Brownler disease never exists and therefore not everybody knows of Kurt Brownler disease? Oh, that is a new level of narcissism. You're like, you're saying I have a disease named after me. I'm going to go. I have to die by it so everyone will know and it becomes commonplace word. Oh, I thought you were going to give it to other people. Oh, no, not to give it He's to other people. He's got the Brownler. Well, other people will obviously get it if you know if i keep going if around can, yeah well that's part of this i too. love to we know. can contain it oh okay. we can contain it. so nobody will ever know that it's my disease even if no. i die from interesting it. question <laughs> i'm 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 very shook by your question thank you very much what i want to get to is the, the horror the, the horror. horror of the idea that te- this is real ted williams is frozen head somewhere Maybe having a, a panic dream. A panic dream. That never ends. That he just can't remember the next line in the play that he's oh, doing. Oh, sweet Ladue. <laughs> That's an Indian treat. I, I, I have that all the time, the actor's nightmare. That's awful. Do you have the actor's mm-hmm. nightmare? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do, what is the feel? Because the reason I ask mm-hmm. is mine, it's like a college production. My dreams can't even up me to Broadway. You know, the most recent, the most recent one I had was that I had to do, and this one's had before, where I have to do an actual like believable stand-up set somewhere, uh-huh. and then for some reason... They like put me on before I've had a chance to like look at my set list, oh, and then I can't remember any of my dream. jokes. The set li- that's a different yeah. dream. That's the comedian's actor's dream. Yeah. I've had the set list dream, yeah. and I, I don't know if I've said this before. I know I've said it to other comedians before. I'm always performing at the Hat Shell in Boston. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz <laughs> is opening, and he's doing like an hour and a half. Wait, it's and always- he, ha- <laughs> he hasn't even played Fly Away yet. I know he's saving that silver bullet to bring everybody home. Lisa Benet is there. <laughs> People are getting excited. Yeah. And then I have to go on, and I look at my set list. What was your question? 
When? Oh, I thought I thought you at one point I interrupted you. And I'm no, sorry. I don't think I so. I look at my set list and it says hot air balloon. And I'm like, oh, I'm opening with hot air balloon? And apparently closing with hot air balloon. <laughs> and I have no bit about hot air balloon and nothing. There's not that much money. Oh, you get in the basket and yeah, you, you gotta get somewhere fast. Dude, nobody's ever been like, well, let's take the basket. And what ah! <laughs> just, just dying on stage following It's cr- terrifying. Kravitz. That's the best part, too. Is that, that they're like, let's put Lenny up first. Warm up the crowd. Yeah, yeah, Pete. yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. <laughs> well, let me, going back to the first thing, and then mm-hmm. I'll ask you about other panic dreams. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if you do it. Do you let me freeze you? Right. It's scary, man. It's fucking, because death. Because my, the, 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 the choice is dying. Yep. Or waking up and you don't know anyone. Oh, and everyone you know is everyone dead. Everyone you know is dead in a world and that you don't just, recognize. And there's a guy who looks like, he's like my grandson. He's like my great-great-grandson. Right. And he's like, hey. And he looks like you, but he has none of your memories. Yeah. He's like, I've been watching old stand-up tapes of Pete Holmes <laughs> to talk like him and be more comfortable. No, Do no, you no. understand? No, there's a little cube in the wall that's you. Ah! That that your whole consciousness has been downloaded into. Hello, and if he Kurt. just puts his hand on it, he becomes yeah. you with all your memories. Oh, there, now we're cooking with yeah. gas. Now we're going. And you're terrified. Yeah. And they cure, cure Kurt Braun-Oler disease. Brown-Oler disease. Sorry, right, there man. we go. Did I say it right? Brown-Oler. Yeah, there we go. Brown-Oler. Yeah, yeah. And they, we've cured it. And you get up and you're like, well, let's try Coke 3. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you want to do first. Yeah, I don't. Bad think... news, all your loved ones are dead. <laughs> I know. I don't think I would do it. You'd rather die natch. I think I would probably na- rather die natch. Well, isn't <laughs> I love agreement <laughs> super, so much. Super natchy. It's one I of the reasons go... I, I enjoy you so much. <laughs> I would go, because then when, also, if you know you're dying, you essentially have license to do whatever the fuck Ooh, you want. Ooh, now. You can do whatever you want, and no one's going to hold anything against you even, ever, because you're dying. Mm-hmm. You have a horrible disease that only you have. I don't, I'm not even trying to be deep right now, mm-hmm. but we're all dying. Sylvia Plath style, we're dying, man. Yeah. Because even when I went to my weird religious school, yeah, uh, a lot of my best Catholic, friends, no regular. <laughs> I say regular because because it's disrespectful. The Catholic churches are older than the Protestant church, and I call Protestant regular, meaning they're a regular. First of all, apologies to my British homies and and my Catholic homies, and for using homies just then. Yeah. Uh, I just remember even in that repressed no sex, no drugs, no dancing, no all lots of things. Environment, mm-hmm. uh even those broads, and I say broads lovingly, yeah. uh would uh concede to the idea that if I were dying they would uh, have sex with me. So even in like the most repressed sort of world. Uh yeah. so I'm just saying how much more then right? would regular folk, non-religious people would be like, yeah, absolutely. Really opens up the possibilities, Pete. Uh, yeah. But you could do things like, I mean, like, no one yeah. wa- just wants to rob a bank. Like, that's not really someone's right. desire, but You're, you could do that. Right, you could rob a bank. Yeah, but I guess you would die in prison, maybe. That sucks. That would suck. And that's the main thing that you have to avoid, is getting arrested. I feel like all of my, all of my, cu- all my death coupons would be spe- spent on sex. Oh, oh, on, oh, I thought they were all hugs. <laughs> uh, can I just have hugs? You can get hugs anyway. Yeah, I guess so. And I, and, well, actually, I know this is cheesy, and it's kind of a familiar territory. But, yes. Wait, everyone's going to have sex with you because you're dying? That's what I'm wondering. I don't, I think maybe sex is the one thing that people are going to be like, you have an incurable disease. I oh, don't, but let's say I don't think I'm going to have sex with you. Let's say it's just a thing. Oh, it's just a cough. 
just, <laughs> it's just a little yeah. Just to, for the sake of this magical time that we're already having, it's this bomb in my brain. It's Ooh. just it's just, yeah. it's taken it's completely mechanical. Yeah. No one can catch it. We know exactly when it'll go off. Like Mission Impossible Three, we'll have yeah. that, and my eyes will go wonky, and I'm gone. <laughs> so yeah, let's get to some humping. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't know. Like this is interesting. Two things are interesting. Yes. What would we do? What would you, Kurt, do? And mm. and I'll I'll join you, wow. knowing that we're gonna die. Wow. And also, aren't can I? This is what I think is overdone and trite, but it, I'd like to talk about it. Okay. And if I'm interested, I have to think other people are interested. Possibly, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yep. Aren't we all dying? Can't we own that? We are dying. We're dying. Right. Yes. And I'm ripping the Sylvia Plath thing off from Fight Club. <laughs> Ed Norton goes, I know we're all dying in the Sylvia Plath sense, but Marla's really dying or whatever. <laughs> right, right. But right. I mean, like, we are dying. So shouldn't we be doing all these things? Well, I think the the short term, like, I know it's going to happen here or, you know, within a few months, I think really gives you the more freedom. But the answer to the first part yeah. is that I would build a... I would build a, a jacuzzi huh. that you could only access through an uh, uh, an airlock in a big pool, which has been a dream of mine <laughs> oh since I was twelve oh years my old. God, an, <laughs> an airlock! Yeah, so you have these to are swim. High, these are real these are, high these are fives. Real high fives. <laughs> so you have to swim to the bottom of the pool, and then an iris opens. You swim inside. There's a little air thing. You put it in your mouth. Yes. That closes. Yes. Then all the air, I mean, all the water drains out, yeah. and then another door opens, and then it's just a beautiful... It's just... Underwater. A, it's just a jacuzzi. Yeah, but it's underwater. You're under the pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kurt, we are men. Yeah. We have bodies. Yeah. Let's build this. <laughs> we can <laughs> We can use our own muscles to bring this dream into reality. Let's use this reality. very bicep to dig. Let's use these eyes to draw. <laughs> and let's use some of this money to hire someone who can really do it. Because yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't do I any of those do things. It all. I could definitely hang out with it you. Would well, it, <laughs> it would be a hole. It would be a hole. And we're like, no, this is the airlock. <laughs> and we just send one of our hapless friends in to die. He just straight up dies. You just put a, you put a snorkel on. You stick your face in mud. And I go, did, did you put the oxygen tank down there? I forgot. <laughs> I don't know why his name was Miguel. That was one of my childhood friends. Miguel, no! Miguel was one of your childhood friends? Yeah, Miguel. My, yeah. One of my childhood friends was named Michael. <laughs> well, that's the same name. That's the same name. Is this a bit? No. You had a Michael and I had a Miguel. Yeah. What if it was the same kid? I know. Maybe he just kind of... He, he was, wanted a different flavor. He was Colombian. He was Colombian. Mine no. was. Mine guy had Tourette's. Well... Miguel sure did love to say mierda. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Little little Spanish. <laughs> French. Little, no, mier- oh, mierda is uh, French. Spanish is mierda. Oh, okay. Right? Look at that. Mm. I don't know what the Spanish is. I just know the French. Will you tell... Oh, my God. Will you tell your auditioning for uh, Bruno story? Do you want me to? Are you kidding me? Do you have any <laughs> idea how many fucking times I've told that story? <laughs> I tell that story... On the regular. I tell that story and think about that story all the time. You tell a version of the story, if you if you don't mind, that you're comfortable with. Long, short, it doesn't matter. It was, um, this was years ago. And I, it was actually, you know what? It was the last time I spent any considerable time in Los Angeles. Is that right? Yeah. I always thought that this was in New York for some reason. But Mm-mm. of course, it was out here. It was the, out here in Los Angeles. The land of films. Because for those of you who aren't familiar with Kurt, you look like a Nazi propaganda poster. Mm-hmm. I do. <laughs> no, I, I'm a walking, talking pop poster. 
and I look like your driver. So it kind of works out. It kind of works we out. Do very, we look kind of similar in a weird brother. brother yeah, way. we get that. Oh, yeah. remember when we did that show in Boston and I put your glasses yeah, on? And I took a and photo it was, of you. And it was my brother. My own brother was like, you look a lot like my brother. Like, I mean, that's a pretty good test. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't that my brother? And you look like my brother. Weirdly, you look like my actual brother. Really? A little bit. What's his name? Vlad? His name is Walter. <laughs> He's a diplomat. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. For whom? For um, Usher. For, ba- for the artist Usher. Ba- <laughs> he represents He's Usher. He's the ambassador <laughs> of Russia to the world. Of Usher to the world. <laughs> he goes to the UN and just represents the needs of Usher. Usher has his own embassy in every country that he can go to. <laughs> and it's international waters. <laughs> You're in the land of Usher, baby. (laughs) And you have to drop your panties the second you come in. You're just like, second episode in this week that I've sang the only Usher song I know. Can we fucking film that? The idea of Usher Usher has his own international waters. Usher, Uh, he'll do it. He'll totally do it. What is he doing? He's already mastered dance. Stop rehearsing and do this sketch with us. You can never master dance, <laughs> you Pete. Can. You learn more every day. Mm, well, that may be true. I'd <laughs> like to think that's true. <laughs> Did you, I, I've, I've been listening to Sam Cooke lately, soul music. Mm-hmm. Most of old-timey music is just telling you how to dance. I kind of I kind of miss that. That was what white people wanted. Was like now make one of your wrists kind of limp and move it to the side. This voice is offending me too, so I apologize <laughs> to everybody. And now one of your knees kind of moves to the left, and everyone's like, I know exactly what to do. The idea of a world where just and everyone just freestyles, <laughs> terrifying to white people in the in the sixties or fifties. Yeah, no, it wouldn't happen. Not at all. Mm-mm. Nobody wants a freestyle swim. Mm. Mm, I love freestyle swimming. Me too. I love to swim. When I was, me too. Look at that. That's was, why we both. I'm so intoxicated by your idea of the air. First of all, first every off, time I've seen an airlock in a spaceship, I'm like, that's yeah, that's that. the juice. And then when you see airlocks in like the abyss, that's even better with water. Yep. Come on. Now. Awesome. Yeah. Why do you love swimming? I'll go ahead. Why do I love swimming? Because I was about to tell you why I love swimming. Let's, I think it's connected because I surf, and so I just uh, like being in the water a lot. And yeah. also just it feels like – I remember the first time I went scuba di- not snorkeling in a pool when I was like mm-hmm, 11 or mm-hmm. something, and it just felt like flying. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, felt like flying. And when like, I was a kid, I used to be obsessed with like, what's this we can't fly stuff? Yeah. Go swimming. It feels exactly like flying. And also you and I both both have kind of like giant – gangly yep. bodies right. and then in the water you're, that, you're not you're, so gangly you're anymore. neptune man you're yeah the, you're the king you're a little fish up on the up on the land everyone's like hey <laughs> get a tan fatty put on a t-shirt i can see a little bubbies i always wore a t-shirt swimming me too for my entire life it was me always too. the worst because the worst. of sun though because of sun yeah. i i used to say for sun and then i'd go very quietly i go also because i'm a chunk style <laughs> Also, because I'm Campbell's soup chunky. <laughs> and why do I say it in this Morgan Freeman kind of voice? Second time, I get in the, wow. I get stuck in you loops. Get stuck Morgan in... Freeman comes up. I he might be autistic. <laughs> oh God! You just crack it open. Podcast over. Okay, I'm going to go get treatment. Uh, it's been a fun time. Thanks for the good iTunes comments. Some of them were a little mean. <laughs> Somebody just tweeted at me one of the mean ones. I was like, I don't read them for a reason, and you're tweeting at Someone me one of the mean ones. tweeting one of your co- a comment about your podcast as a joke. They meant it nicely. Oh. They were like, they made a joke, like, like what a jerk saying this. Kind of, yeah. yeah. And then I was like, yeah, and I just read it, and it yeah. didn't even bother me. But I was yeah. like, I don't want to see it. Still, yeah. I don't no. see it. 
I, I, I'm, I'm just about doing a show that I want to hear. As silly <laughs> as that sounds, I, I hope other people like it. But anyway, let's tell them. Like you're so kind. Let's tell you the story before I get you that jaunty cottage. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going so out. I'm in oh, LA. the reason I mentioned you look like a Nazi is because you're the perfect guy right. for the part in Bruno, mm-hmm. the Sasha Baron Cohen film, mm-hmm. uh, and you would play his assistant. Yeah, so I auditioned. I auditioned for it. I kind of like went in once and I auditioned for it, and um, and the, at first my manager had called me and was like, "Do you do you speak German?" I was like, "No," and he's like, "Okay," and he hangs up and he calls me right back and he's like, "Do you speak in a German accent?" And I was like, "Oh, like a like a bad one, like a comically bad yeah, one." Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's like, "Okay," and he hangs up and then he calls back and he's like, "I got an audition." For <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, this isn't going to go well. Oh, no. And then I show up and... What's um, your agent's name, this one? Uh, that was my manager. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. See, so you uh, ask these probing questions. You get yeah, the yeah. truth. You get the you truth. Get the truth. What's your manager's name? <laughs> Why do we have to talk about what my manager's name Show's not called. Let's have a normal conversation. That's why. No, go on, <laughs> go on. Please go on. No and, names uh, needed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I go on and I do this audition. Where I'm, not, it's not. It's just with the casting director, and uh, actually with her assistant, and uh, and I just speak in this terrible German accent, and I improvise. Yeah. And uh, can we try? Can we try? I'm not putting you on the spot. Let's both try one. Oh yeah, yeah. Like friends, like little like li- playtime friends. Yeah. I think everybody would go to like we have ways of making you talk. Yeah. Stuff like that. Do you want to make a pizza? Do you want to make one of my German pizzas? Uh, oh, let's think of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. We are uh, on certain ground here, uh, oh. Mr. Mr. <laughs> Holmes. Speaking of these <laughs> families, I can only do Holocaust things, and I don't want yeah. to be disrespectful, but that's, I'm thinking of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Being like, Mr. Laperdi. Remember Mr. That's Laperdi? That's a little French. Well, oh, he yeah, said, yeah, yeah. that he guy is so awesome. French. He's like, yeah. do you mind if I smoke my pipe? I can't. And then he takes out that huge pipe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, so the fjord? The fjord. The fjord. Oh, it looks like your mouth is pooping when you do that. It really does. It's awful. It's awful to look at. I'm sorry, Pete. I have a lot. <laughs> no. Please, if anything, give me honesty. What are your options? There? You're My just mouth- staring. Just so the red nose. He's staring at me in his eyes and repeatedly saying defer, and his mouth looks exactly like an anus just opening up about to shit. That's exactly what you look like. Uh, I have a lot of... Uh- Hitler tweets like if you if you ever hail a cab and uh, if you're ever in a cab and someone's trying to hail it, it you feel like you're Hitler. <laughs> oh, because you just because everyone, everyone's just putting just their by. hands up to you as you drive by. Whenever I ride my bike past them, I just high five those people. <laughs> oh, that's the best. They get, they don't like that. I had another Hitler. These were all tweets, which was uh, if you ever go up for a high five and it's not reciprocated, a good way to alleviate the awkwardness is to let out a little Heil Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bringing it back. Just bringing, bringing it, it back. back. Okay, please. I'm so I'm annoying myself with how I'm interrupting the story. Oh, okay, so um, we I improvise in German accent, and then at the end, uh, you know, she says, "Do you speak German?" Mm-hmm. And then here's where I fuck myself, mm-hmm. uh, and I just like because I told my manager I was honest with him, but now that I'm in the room, right. I'm like, "Oh yeah." Do you know bit. it's for Bruno at this point? I have no idea what it's oh, for. I'm really? T- I'm told. Uh, I'm you told know that they can't tell me. Uh, no. I just know that it's improvised and I need to speak in a German accent. Oh, wow. 
And so, so what do you have to lose? Uh, right. And so she's like, "Do you speak German?" And I was like, "Oh, you know, like kind of make a noise that kind of sounds like yeah, ja. like a little bit." Yeah, da. I say a little bit, I think. And she's like, "Okay, well then, let's hear you speak some German." And I don't speak any German whatsoever. <laughs> and so then, that is the quickest being called out. Do you speak German? You're like, probably this won't come back until the callback. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, let's do some. Yeah, right immediately. Mm. And so I just made German because I knew she didn't speak German. Right. So I just made German sound noises and right. she thought I was speaking German. Right, of course. Do you remember? What? Yeah, in den Freuden. That yeah, sounds Swedish. I, like, ein kleiner wie heißen Zwarten und offen Und offen steisten Flotten. Und offen und offen steisten. Ein kleiner weißen Ein kleiner weißen Ein halber weißen Volkswagen. <laughs> And wagon, mein Kampfen. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. No, good. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> Look, I, it's my struggle. There's something offensive about saying mein Kampfen. <laughs> oh, God. I, am, I feel I terrible. I didn't even hear you say it. Yeah, I, I was like just trying to think of all the German I knew. Uh, schnitzel. <laughs> schnitzel Volkswagen. Volkswagen. And then in and then comes Mein Kampf. Kampf. <laughs> if anything, we're just here to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so... So she's like, okay, great. We're going to bring you back. Do you know what this is for? And I was like, no. And she's like, this is the new Sasha Baron Cohen film. You're auditioning to play the part of the um, of his assistant. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to be auditioning with Sasha tomorrow. And, uh, and I was like, oh, my God. And she's like, you know, when you go in there, just, you know, just say that you're, you, know, you speak German. You know? And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and because I had, I had demonstrated to her that I spoke German. In Because she doesn't speak German. She doesn't know I was just In totally schnell lying. defining. Yeah. <laughs> In schnell defining. In schnell defining. That means to, to define a snail. <laughs> In schnell that's, defining. That's the snail dictionary. Um, Germans love asking questions. That's what I've noticed. They love asking questions? Like in Inglorious Bastards, they're always like, so tell me, how many rooms are in your house? <laughs> just like oh, no, no. Okay. Let's, let's be specific here. No, no. When, when no, the Gestapo no. comes to houses, they happen to ask a lot of questions. And so therefore, Pete Holmes is mine. Germans like to ask a lot of questions. When there's a person hunting humans, they happen to ask a lot of questions. And so therefore, an entire country loves questions <laughs> oh my god i am so dumb <laughs> here's here's the true statement that was uh, yeah. behind that really dumb statement it's still a dumb one in that movie in glorious passage one of my favorites almost every line from the gestapo people oh, is a question is a question yeah including when they're not looking for uh for people <laughs> it's very it's very it's very it's one of those things if you notice that while watching that movie you'll be like yeah that was true that's a lot of right. questions a lot of questions but movie. also you were right and i'm a bag <laughs> of dumb dumb lollipops well it's it's adorable and smells good um. <laughs> please continue so so then I have the the next day, and I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm, I was like, you know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen is even to this day, like in my mind, oh yeah, one of the you know next comedic level masterminds, shit. next level stuff, and um, I said shit. yeah, and I said stuff. I just kept it clean for the kids. <laughs> <laughs> one get it home. Thanks, Cohen. Thanks, Cohen. You you did it. I was about to turn it off. <laughs> He's British. Vir- virgin ears. Continue. <laughs> um, and so, so I'm stressing out, and I've, I've never been, I've never been, nor have after, <laughs> been on like a ha. big, 
you know, like next level, you know, uh, movie audition. Mm -hmm. So, and this is years and years ago. And so I just don't know what to expect. And I go in, I'm really, I'm nervous, but like trying to keep together, like going in character. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember Did you do any panic flash learning German? No, no, not at all. (laughs) Because I honestly didn't think that I would have to speak German. I I thought uh, for the most part, I was like, it just needs to be a German accent. So I practiced my German accent all night long. Sure, sure, sure. Did not really get any better. All in Neiten? All in. (laughs) 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 Wish, 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 wish. Sasha Baron Korn. That's right. Refer to him as his name. (laughs) I never even said Bruno. Uh, was, uh, Sasha Bancon. Oh, Fior, <laughs> Sasha Bancon. Bruno. And the thing is, what I have to be clear about too is that I take a full responsibility for all of this because yes. I was not appropriate. Like I just look this way. Yes. I just don't do anything that is in the casting director's defense. If I look said, exactly, I look. You look like German. I look. I look. Like I mean, a the Nazi. language. The language yes. German. <laughs> were a person. I look like a lot of hard consonant sounds. Yeah. Just all words pushed together into yeah. bigger words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like your armpit hair looks like sauerkraut. <laughs> oh. It kind of does. Isn't that an offensive term for Germans? It does a little bit. We yeah, both have bit. very fine... Very fine. Very we nice. could weave our, yeah, weave our, uh, our armpit it. hair into just a, a very soft handkerchief. Or a golden ladder to Ooh. a land where everyone looks and dances like us. <laughs> Which means awkwardly and terrible. <laughs> Just, oh my god! I don't even know if I want to go to that place, Pete. Me even neither. if we're president, and vice president, I know. And I'd be like, "Look at these idiots! Ugh. Ugh, a bunch of dumb, Ugh. dumb, dumb, dumb lollipops." So okay. So uh, so I go in, and I just don't know what to to expect. And also the, per- the whoever's auditioning before me, I'm like waiting for a really long time. Whoever's auditioning before me is just there's just peals. I can hear the whole audition is just screaming laughter coming mm-hmm. out of the room. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what to expect, and I kind of walk in, and I don't know. There's just like 30 people in the room, and I don't expect it. And then behind a giant big desk is Sasha Baron Cohen, like my comedy idol. Hmm. And he's sitting behind this big desk, and then there's all, you know, the, all the producers and the directors there. What's for he some look reason, like? Does he look like Bruno? No. He just looked like, you know, he had a hat. He had a baseball cap. Regular on L.A. Sasha Baron yeah. Cohen. Yeah. And, uh, and there's all these people in the room, including in the corner is Jonah Hill. And I'm like, why is, why is Jonah Hill in this room? <laughs> like a weird dream. It's a weird dream. Yeah. It's like in my mind, like, well, in Hollywood, Jonah Hill's in every room. Yeah, like, yeah. So you open the yeah, door, yeah, too. Yeah. And, uh, and I sit down, and the first question out of the director's mouth is, uh, so we understand you speak fluent German. And I just look him right in the eye. And I'm like, I, at this point, I'm like, I'm here. Yep. I'm going to go for this. Something's going to happen. Uh, and so I'm like, yes, I do. The shotgun's cocked. Yeah. Pull that trigger. And he's like, great. Well, we're just going to have you start off speaking some German with Sasha. And I was like, that's, I couldn't imagine a better way to start ah! this. Per, uh, das perfect. Yeah. Das perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. My apologies to everyone for this episode. <laughs> Germans, British, everyone. You're really you're check, checking them off. Yep. Checking them off. Uh, and so Sasha's going to do the scene with you in German. Yeah, he's not, he's not. It's not even a scene. He's just going to ask me questions, and I'm going to respond in German. This is literally just a language. I've test. heard this story before, yeah. and that just frightened me. Yeah, and so he speaks to me in German. Yes. and uh, it just sounds like a collection of sounds to me. Yes, and I just look him dead in the eye, and then just say like, mm, 
ein kleiner wie Heißensfaden und wie hatten sie einen in kleiner mein Arsenphase? And then just give this shit-eating grin around the room, just like, bet you haven't heard German that good before. And Sasha looks at me like like a dog who's confused. Like, because for him, really, for him, I've just, I just, he knows I just said gibberish, but no one else in the room knows. So it's this private thing between and him he, and I. But and he is literally, it's like I walk in for the biggest interview mm, of my life, mm-hmm. and the person sits down and says, so tell me a little bit about your resume. And I just say, and then smile and look all around the room like I just shit out the most amazing answer. Oh, my God. Perfect. And so then he he's like confused. And they ask me another question. I do the exact Which was same probably, thing. You don't speak German, do you? <laughs> it was probably something yeah. like that. And again, I just look him dead in the eye and I'm just like. Eine kleine Weichheißen, eins verorten sie, and I'm really getting into it. And then finish again and give another big shit-eating grin around, and everyone in the room's just smiling. They have no fucking idea what's oh. going on. And then there's one uh, producer And Jonah Hill's German. like, imposter. <laughs> <laughs> he just pulls a, a lever, the door, a floor opens, and I slide down. And, and, um, and then, he, he, then he asks in German, uh, there's a, pr- a German producer there, and he asks him to speak to me. And I think this guy was trying to like softball one to me, because I remember him saying something like uh, about un muzzle und faze, which I think must mean mother yeah. and father. And, uh, and I just look him dead in the eye, and I just go, nine. <laughs> oh. Which, in my oh. mind, the reason oh. the reason I did it was because the other two were of a certain length. Yeah. And so I just wanted to give a short one to, <laughs> to give variety. Yes. But you can't answer no to any question with mother and father in it because everybody has mothers uh, and fathers. And then finally, Sasha's like, okay, this is over. You know, he does, he makes a you know, little like thing to the to the director and director's like, okay, well, we have you on tape, you know, which essentially means get out of here. Yep. And I was like, yes, sir. You know, I go to get up and bless it's her heart. The, the casting director speaks up for me. She's like, he's a really good improviser. And, uh, and I was, and I was like, oh boy. And he's like, and the director's like, oh, okay. Well then, um, all right, well then let's get you up there and, you know, you'll improvise a little bit with Sasha. And I was like, in English? And he's like, in English. And I'm like, okay. And then I get up and I start improvising with Sasha, oh. who is, again, like my hero, my yeah, idol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and obviously it can't go worse than what just happened with right, the German. Right. But it actually feels kind of good. I'm starting to get laughs in the room a little bit. It's, uh, you know, but he's just having me do all these degrade. He's obviously mad at me because I'm wasting his time. Do you right, know what I mean? Right, right, right. Because he knows I can't speak German. See, no one else is does. That he's this big prankster. You'd think he'd kind of almost have an appreciation for I, someone. You know what I think it is? It's the end of a day. It was 5 p.m. He's probably been auditioning people all day long. Right, right, right. Do you know? And then here's someone who's definitely not going to be used, and yet he has to get up and do the fucking but showboat parade. If I may, there's something, and I love Saja Baron Cohen. I love those movies, but yeah. I also have that part of me that's like, ah, at the end of the day, he gave someone uh, cheese and said it was breast milk. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, so yeah, yeah. I think I wonder if you would hear the story now and be like, "That's fucking hilarious." I don't know. I, in man. fact, Manzukis is in a movie with him, and I was like, "Do you know that story?" And he was like, "I, I do." And I was like, "You got to ask him about it." <laughs> go on, go on, please go on. So we're improvising, and uh, you know, and he's you know he's playing his character. He's having his assistant do all these degrading things. Yes. 
and I'm doing all of them, trying to yes and it, and you know we're having fun a little bit. And um, and finally he's like, clean my glasses, and he he does it in his accent, and he takes off his glasses, and I just instinctively reach for them with my mouth to like take them in my mouth, and he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I want to clean your glasses in the, the, with the most cleanest part of the body, which is the mouth. Yes. And look, my, my accent's That's terrible. That's the part that I think about all the time. And the mouth is the, the cleanest, mouth is the cleanest part, part of the body. Which is like the, most, the biggest lie. It's like the dirtiest Open part sewer. of the body. Yeah. Yes. And so he just look, and he's just, he's, you know, you know, yes, handing me. So he's like, he just is looking at me like, oh, fuck you. But he gives me the glasses and I take them and then I lick them all oh. the way around all oh. of the glasses. I get into the oh. crevices and he immediately broke and he's just like, clean those off. And I was like, oh, yeah, of course. And I like ran and like cleaned them off. But I swear to God, there was that moment where he said, clean them off, where he just, he wasn't Bruno anymore. Yeah, you. And he was Sasha Baron Cohen. It's like making uh, Andy Kaufman break <laughs> or something. I mean, it was a split second, but it was there. Oh, my goodness. And so it was the most humiliating day of my life, but at least there was that. It's little... an unbelievable story. <laughs> it's literally unbelievable. I remember in, uh, I believe it's in Leading With My Chin, which I read. You know that book? No. It's Jay Leno's book. But then it was rumored that uh, all of the stories in it – I read it when I was, you know, 18 or something, thinking about starting yeah. doing stand-up. And I read everything I could about stand-up. And he had, he had all these stories. And presumably he bought them from people. Mm -hmm. I don't think he uh, – but then he changed it and it was like, that was me. Yeah. I, I, it's kind of like the beginning of like a weird – he's kind of a weird character. And yeah, this yeah. is just the beginning of a weird life. Uh -huh. He's like, here's my, here's my autobiography. <laughs> I can't even say it. Can't. I can't. But then I put it on him. That was Leno, not me. I know the word autobiography. <laughs> autobiography. <laughs> so anyway, he uh, – there's a story in there where Andy Kaufman never broke. He used to go to these open mics. Right. He used to go to these uh, right. special shows. It would never, ever break. And uh, one time, allegedly Jay Leno or whoever sold him the story said to Andy Kaufman, he goes, you know, Andy, someone else is doing your Elvis routine. And immediately was like, what, who, where? Like got, like got real Andy really broke. to come yeah. out with, with anger. That's the only yeah. way to do it. Yeah, yeah. And you did it. <laughs> Fucking unbelievable, man. That's the stuff of legend. <laughs> legend. Well, it didn't feel good at the time. <laughs> yeah, but then you, but like here, let's get real. I mean, I, I don't want to put down the guy that was in that movie, but that didn't really open too many doors. Oh no, and I think that guy was actually German too, and also that guy's German and looks like me. Like, right, we look yeah. very similar. He's perfect, but he's actually German. You probably left the room while you're cleaning the glasses, and Sasha went, you, "You're nailing the look." <laughs> <laughs> Can we photocopy that? that guy and find him in Germany? And a little bit thicker. <laughs> a little bit thicker, A little yeah. bit full, he's more full. Little, he's a little chunkier. Did you, what do you think about uh, the uh, comedy theory of pranks? Because in oh. movies like Bruno, where they get like a, a room full of people and they show them gay porn, yeah. and then it's like, isn't this, isn't this weird? These people from arbitrary state here are, are offended by gay porn when they were told they were going to watch some television show. Or right, something. right, right. And I'm conflicted. Right. Uh, on one hand, I hate pranks being done to me. Mm -hmm. Hate them. Uh, hate even stories. Uh, like somebody made uh, Brendan Walsh shave his beard. Remember? I don't know if you heard about For, that. No, no, no. They As told a prank? Him, yeah, it was, uh, some of friends of ours told Brendan to shave his beard for a movie, and they were like, I mean, like, it's a guarantee. They love you if you shave your beard. Uh, He's got a big beard, and he shaves his beard. And Brendan's a big prank guy, too. Yeah. Brendan will text me out of nowhere and be like, if I tell you something, will you promise not to get mad? 
And I'll just be like, fuck you, man. Just fuck you. I hate you. Fuck you. And he's like, it's nothing. Of course, it's nothing. I was just joking. But like, I hate those things. It's a violation uh-huh. to me. Yeah. It doesn't make me laugh. And then, but yet when I watch a Bruno or I watch a Borat, even, even uh, better, in my opinion, uh, it, I, I do enjoy it. I'm not a monster. It makes me laugh. I think the I think the main thing with pranks is that it has to there has to be a sense of justice behind it, and if right. there isn't a sense of justice behind it, if you're not righting a wrong, right. then it's just you're just you're just making you're, yeah, just, you're taking just making advantage. Brendan shave his beard, who and made, allegedly who made Brendan shave I, his I beard. I don't I don't want I have a I thought on who it is, and uh-huh. I'll tell you off mic, but I don't want to say it on the show because I'm not sure it's them. Right, right, right. But it's people we know, yeah. and they pranked him, and he's a prankster. He's always pranking. I mean, there, there might be a sense of justice there if they, yeah, if he pranked them really. And yeah. here I am, but though, see, then hating... you get into this solipsistic sense of justice where it's just like, well, you did this to me. So you know what? That's what it is. The Yanomami Indians. That's right. Ooh, Yanomami. Ooh, I actually... I can't believe I've never talked about I love to have show. a little Yanomami right before my Japanese <laughs> food. Bam! Bam! <laughs> Yanomami with salt. Just steam it. Just steam it. Uh, the Yanomami, you know... Uh, where are they from? They're from these where? Cultures. They're in the Amazon. Oh, okay. They're this big vengeance culture. And that always used to make me so sad yeah. because they would be uh, getting vengeance on these vendettas that uh, no one remembers the original one. Oh, really? Like where we, there's the Pete tribe and there's the Kurt tribe. And oh, I love long, this world long, long time, uh, it's, <laughs> You have to climb our armpit hair to get there. <laughs> and uh, somebody some time ago killed one of the people in my tribe. And, and we so think now it's been going back and forth. Generations and generations. Yeah. We don't even know who were avenging yeah. anymore. Avengers out this weekend. <laughs> 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 the most natural plug. <laughs> I was paid to bring up the Avengers, but they were also, like, make it av- not obvious. The Avengers are like, we need one more media outlet. We've got everything. Uh, we, we have the Pete hugest Holmes. billboard on Sunset. <laughs> Can we get a moderately successful podcast to do it? Yes, we can. Can he do it in the middle of the show? Yes, he can. Can he wrap it in some sort of talk about Yanomami? Yes, We're just he thinking can. this last level is yeah. really going to get it unconsciously it's hard to find him. that X crowd. That, yeah. that crowd that just doesn't watch TV or drive but listens to this show <laughs> and only likes things tied to uh, primitive people. It's not primitive, but, uh, you know, what are those uh, called? Indigenous. Indigenous, indigenous, indigenous. people. Uh, so anyway, I hate that. So that's what that feels like to me. So mm-hmm. so Brendan is a prankster. Yeah. But then being even if he was pranked by people who pranked him, I'm the king of like everybody. Just put your sword down. <laughs> yeah, somebody's gonna have to eat crow. It sucks. Can we play some beach volleyball? I'm tired of vengeance. I get off on forgiveness and grace and though and like I should prank you. Dare I could prank you and I won't prank you. That's the good that's for me. <laughs> Making someone shave his beard and apparently I don't want to speak for Brendan. It like was traumatic for him because he had yeah. had his beard for a long time and then he was just walking around like a fucking dog with a haircut. You know when you give a dog a too close haircut and mm-hmm. he's kind of like, he's, um, he's upset. I don't know what it is, but I just don't feel right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't feel myself anymore. I don't like it. Ooh. I think this has come up on the show before. Brendan was going to put up a sign that said Whole Foods Silver Lake. And he was like, and, uh, and I was like, oh, that, that's crazy. Because yeah, you're pranking me. Like, I'm the asshole that would be so excited about a Whole, oh, Whole Foods, Foods and Silver, Silver Lake. Lake. <laughs> <laughs> so pranks are difficult. Yeah. But you like, okay, so in Bruno and in Borat, I think the point you're making is these are people that, especially the politicians and stuff, yeah. could could use a little bit of uh, crow thrown at them. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I think that's what makes it fun to watch, right? Yeah. I think there was something about Ali G about how 
the prank was how could they believe that we're so stupid? Like young people. I, it's my understanding that Ollie G, pre, the pre-interviews, he would say it was for like, right. uh, yeah, yeah, MTV yeah. or for kids. Yeah. So the subtle insult that justified the meanness of him trapping right. him was how can you think that this, this is this... what the youth are? Exactly. He just asked you what is legal and you answered him? <laughs> And then he says, what is barely legal, which is my – he goes, what is legal? What is illegal? <laughs> what is barely, what is barely legal? Is one and of that's, the, but that's like – that's, that's such a – that would be a – that should be a tell. And the fact that it wasn't right. is amazing. It's, it's un- – <laughs> there's another great ology when they're talking about <laughs> – it's – I'm sure you've seen it as a Sasha Baron Cohen fan. I forget who he's talking to. It doesn't matter. Newt Gingrich doesn't matter. Uh-huh. They're talking about war. And fucking the politician says mustard gas. And so, of course, he's, he's thinking mustard. Yeah, yeah. And then I think he says DMTs or some other kind of uh, missile, mm-hmm. maybe called a DMT, let's say. And then Ollie G repeats it as BLTs. <laughs> and then he goes, so with BLTs, I'm not going to try and the it. And the mustard gas. gas, he goes, is it ever right to go to war over sandwiches? <laughs> <laughs> so good. He's so smart. It's yeah, and that that I mean, we're that is a good prank because here's a guy talking about war. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and take war down a, a peg. Yeah, that's fun. There's something about that, but like, don't uh, don't tell me uh, you have something that's going to upset me right before I'm recording a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just happened. I already talked to him about it, so I'm not even talking out of school. Mm. But I was like, you have this tendency to text me right before I'm doing a podcast, and you get in my head. Like, he, he did one where it was like some he heard some rumor that I lost the E-Trade account. Like, I lost the job. Uh-huh. It's like, oh, I, my I, God, you were on Jeopardy. I know, right? That's crazy. Isn't that wild? That is really wild. It was, it, can I, I'm glad you brought it up. Let's talk about that in a second. Yeah. But in that moment where he texted me something, and again, I'm not mad at Brendan. I'm, we're just talking about pranks. Yeah. When he texted me something about losing the job, I just become Tony Soprano. I want to scream and yell and go like, you're fucking with my livelihood. <laughs> this is my business. You know what I mean? Yeah. And punch a wall. It's yeah. like humorless. Yeah. Maybe that's my fault. Maybe I should lighten up. But the way to get a guy who doesn't like pranks to lighten up is not by pranking. No, no, no. <laughs> that's the opposite. It's that's the, the opposite. Make you just tighten up yeah. a little bit more. But is that a virtue, being prankable and liking pranks? Is that a good thing? If you had a girlfriend that loved pranking you. I had a girlfriend that was like, on April Fool's Day, was going to tell me she was pregnant. You know, that sort of thing. And I just, I thought that stuff was I mean, what humor- I think, humorless. I think in a tight relationship and like an intimate relationship, th- Pranks just lead me to never trust them. No trust. At all. What are we fucking with? What construct are we toying with? Yeah. Trust. <laughs> trust. The beautiful thing of the trust. The beautiful, safe fucking sleeping bag of trust. And that's why people find it so because that is the such beautiful tension. It's such a violation. It's such a violation. It's, a grotesque it's such violation. a big break. Yeah. It's such a big break there. It's indefensible. You're doing something wrong. Yeah. You're you doing... know you know you're also talking to someone who has not only been on a prank show, but also written for two. Is that right? That is true. So have you given this I hate I don't I know not a not a fan. Really? Yeah. So you would write pranks I know. I remember Zach Galifianakis was also on that Dog Bites Man and was like, "We, I, I got to stop doing this because he felt guilty over yeah. taking these local people." Oh well, to do town. you want to do you yes. want to know a prank that I feel still guilty about to this day? Kurt, 
what is that? The most interesting thing ever? <laughs> Please. This was I have I talked about this on one other podcast though. That's okay. All Which right. one? On Julie Klausner's. Okay. Um, She's great. I wish it was someone I hated so I could have been like, <laughs> fuck that person. But I don't this know who was, that would have been. This one yeah. You're a really likable guy. Yeah. I don't I don't have any podcasts I hate. Go on. Um it was uh it was this was years and years and years ago. My first gig on television ever. It was for a prank show on country music television. <laughs> Isn't the whole station, the whole network of prank? <laughs> it must be. <laughs> Just like... I think this is the beginning of it. And um, the prank was that I had to <laughs> set up dates with women, and then I would go, and they were blind dates, and so I was given all these numbers. Their friends had set them up, said, I know this guy, he's great. And I had to call them up and say, hey, you want to go out? And they said, yes. And then we would go to the date, oh, and we no. would sit in a restaurant, and I would you know, talk oh, a little bit. No. And then like two minutes into the date, I would be like, oh, I want you to meet my roommate. He's, a, he's really great. And I take out a, a, a briefcase, and I open it up, and there's a ventriloquist dummy that looks exactly like me. <laughs> and I take him out, and I, only, and I refuse to talk to her only through, except through the, the doll. And he's just like, hey, and he's like really <laughs> raunchy, and he's like, hey, baby, and I don't, I don't do any ventriloquism, so I'm just moving my mouth, but I'm smiling, oh, and then no. this little ventriloquist is doing, hor- saying horrible things oh. to them. Were those written? Some they, of them written. Some of them written. Some of them are, I improvised. But I have, I have, you know, an, an, an earwig, ear an earpiece in that, and like the producers are telling me stuff to say, and then I'm also making stuff up on my own. And uh, and so we did it a bunch of times, and it was like, was fine. it like nice boobies, girl? No, it wasn't like that crude. It was just like maybe you, maybe uh, maybe old big guy and me and you could go back and have a three way. Oh, but that, not, I don't even it. think it was. You know what? I, don't I even understand. Think it was I that. understand what you're saying, but stuff adjacent to that. <clears throat> it was like, adjacent. If you don't like him, maybe you and I yeah, yeah. could go out sometime. A lot of it, exactly. A lot of it was the little guy insulting yeah. the big guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's got his hand up me. Maybe you. Uh, no. Maybe I can have my hand up. Oh, maybe I can move your mouth with my little inanimate arm. <laughs> <laughs> Should we do this prank again? Because <laughs> it's gangbusters. No, so, it sounds. This sounds like the perfect prank that seems like a good idea, and then in execution. Right. Well, the what really what it was actually fine because we did it with like six women, and so like the first two just were a sociopath. Fine. Yeah, we, it sociopath. was fine. It was working. We did it to six women. <laughs> <laughs> well, how did you get them? Oh, through the trust of their friends. Yes. We called them directly and exactly. set up a date. Yeah. So they were vulnerable and dressed they up? They vulnerable, dressed oh, up. Oh, of course they, they dressed up. They thought they was going to have a big night. They thought they might find love instead. 100%. Sweetheart, <laughs> my face isn't the only thing made of wood. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this woman sits down, and she's very quiet and nice seeming. <sighs> and I pull out, uh, I think his name is Woodward. Um, and I pull Woodward out or whatever the fuck his name was <laughs> and I start talking to her and her eyes just get really big <laughs> and she immediately seems like now to what I now after having had a panic attack I now think she was having a panic attack she had a deathly fear of ventriloquists and she was just like please put it please stop that and she was looking at me making eye contact with me and saying please stop that please I can't I don't like this I want to talk to you and I was under oh strict Jesus. rules to not break. And they're in my ear saying, don't break, don't break. Who are these and monsters? They're producers of They should shows. have the uh, accent. Do not break. Yeah, do not break. Keep the doll in the face. We will break you if you break. 
And so I have who to are be, these monsters? And so I have to continue. Just be like, no, baby, over here. The, I'm right here. Talk to me instead, you know. And so she just keeps uh, on like, no, 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 no. And oh, she just kind of slowly no. pushes her chair out. And then she runs. She runs. She's so terrified. She runs. And they're in, their, in my ear, the producer's like, go after her. Like, reveal, like, reveal. And so I was like, so I run after her. Reveal. <clears throat> and she's run out the restaurant and halfway down the block. I get out the door and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. And so she stops. And then, and I'm like, come back, come back. And she won't come back. And so I, I have to walk towards her. And I'm like, look, this is a prank show. Your friend set you up. She's like, I don't believe you. She was so terrified. She's like, I don't believe you. And I was like, no, for real. Your friend is, is I can have your friend come out. And I go, guys, have, uh, you know, have the producer send her friend out. Come on, send her out, guys. It, this and would be I the have, greatest prank show in the world if then the prank was on you. Uh, on me, I know. And, and the, van, the van just feeds away. No, no, this is what happened. I had run out of range. I had run out of range, oh. so no one was hearing what I was saying. So you, I'm on the corner oh. being like, guys, send. so then she thinks I'm another level of insane, that I think there's this whole world of a television show oh. around my life, because I'm sitting there and waiting, and I'm like, no, really, she's going to come. And I'm like, guys, what the fuck? Like, send her friend out. Come on, she's right here. And nothing, they can't hear me. They, nothing's getting picked up. you take the earpiece out and show her? Although that just looks like crazy, too. It looks so crazy. This is it's connected so to tiny. the van. It's so tiny. It's this, uh. it's this big because it fits inside your ear, right? Mm. So finally I have to be like, wait here. And I run back inside, get them. Her friend comes out. She's so shaken. She doesn't believe that it's not a prank show. Uh, and so she has to watch me do the same thing to another woman, like with the same lines and everything. Now, here's where it gets weird, Pete. Are you ready for it to get weird? Kurt, it's, 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 it's so weird. Three years later. My wife. Three years <laughs> She's later. my wife. <laughs> three years later, I've been I'm at a party. I'm at a party in Williamsburg, and, uh, <clears throat> and I'd just become single. <laughs> and uh, and I, was like, I was like, what? I was like, I wonder where everybody's smoking weed at this party. And I, and I find the, the door that's closed, of course, where everybody's smoking weed inside. And I open the door, and she is just pulling her lips off a sweet hit and looks up oh. and is exhaling smoke, sees me, and just starts to scream. Like... I'm a, and she then turns to her friend and is like, that's him. No. Three years later. No. Three, she screams, says, that's, that's him. That's him. That's him. You're a him. I'm a him. You're, and a, fr- you're one of the hymns. And her friend knows who she's talking about. And, <laughs> and imagine that. This is something that traumatized you for you're so long. You're taking a weed You just head. took a big old hit off the bong, and then your you nightmare opens the door. <laughs> Incarnate. Huh? Huh? What the fuck? Uh-huh. What the fuck? And so I'm immediately like, I'm like, I that was a, a job for me. I'm so sorry. That was horrible. Wait, you know? she didn't run. She didn't run. She was like, she just stood there. She didn't run. I like talked to her. I wouldn't. You know, What's her name? Nope. Oh, now nah, you don't have to. I remember her first name. I don't remember her last name. Uh, what was it? Her Sound- first name was Aaron. I oh, think. I'm, well, I'm pretty sure. We're sorry, or it might be Erica. It would. But it, guess what? Yes, please. No, keep the hits Keeps coming. Going. Jesus. So then we chatted a little bit, and uh, and then I asked for her number, and she gave it to me, and then we went out on a real date. Are you fucking? Are you fuck? <laughs> Are you the word fuck? <laughs> I am the word fuck. What the what the fuck? We went out on a real date. We had two dates. Two Aaron, dates. Aaron, two another date. She was a nurse. 
She lived in Hawaii. She moved to Hawaii shortly after we dated. Holy shit. Isn't that crazy? Holy shit. And she- Did you even consider bringing just the briefcase? <laughs> Just the briefcase and going, well, I can't believe you fell for this again. But then opening it, no, then opening it, and it's just flowers. <laughs> I only talk to her through the flowers. I'm flowery. You make me blossom. Can I shoot some pollen on you? You smell good. Not as good as me. Flowery. Flowery, the worst name for a flower, Ventriloquist <laughs> dummy. It came with the cu- with the puppet. Oh. That is unbelievable. Yeah, can you believe that? And uh, really, we, we didn't. I was two dates, and after the second, there was one, chemistry. No, there was none. She was always uh, on, terrified and on, on guard, on guard, yeah, for fear that you'd be like. Mm-hmm. Even after the second date, during the second date, she's like, "I just can't get over the feeling that." Like a van's gonna pull up or something, and this is a prank. Wow! Yeah, I, good, good on her. I think to kind of give it a shot. I also wonder yeah. if there was like some weird, like your, like what is it called, where you fall in love with your captor? Oh, Stockholm syndrome. A little Stockholm, like you, you're the guy who terrified. And then, her. like maybe there could have been some psychological healing if you guys had dated or something. Yeah. But she knew. On a long enough time. I remember after the first date, I tried to kiss her, and she was like so freaked out about it. Yeah, especially because you drew lines down each side (laughs) of your lips, down your chin. No, that's just what happens when I get excited. (laughs) I drool in a perfect way that makes me look like a ventriloquist doll. (laughs) Ventriloquists, they are terrifying. Oh, holy fuck. That is a great tale. Yeah. That's not even a story, that's a tale. That is a tale. A A tale to be told by bards. By bards. Can later. I tell you about? Can I plug my phone in now? Can I switch yeah, please out your switch phone? Switch it out. We just talked about this. I was at ten, and you're eighteen, so I'm probably I'm there probably up there. Sweet, thank this you. This is a, a prank show that I saw that I couldn't believe. You can watch it on YouTube. I and you have to. You don't have to, but I will ask you to remember that I grew up religious, and uh, you know they teach you about the rapture. Yep. Right. So the rapture is a time when uh, Christ calls all the Christians back up before the world is about to get fucked. And do you guys believe in your regular Christianity that uh, they, you go bodily into heaven? Uh, I'd like to stop here and point out that the rapture was not a big sell at my church. They, we didn't talk about it a lot. Not mine either. There weren't a lot of people that were like, oh, you grew up in a, in a church as well? Catholic. Okay, so, so yeah. Catholic, I feel like I have such a deep appreciation for the way Catholics uh, approach so many things. And one of them is the rapture. They're kind of like, don't worry about it. It seems <laughs> to be like, yeah, there's a rapture. You know? But let's not get crazy about it because it's the craziest part of the Bible. It is the craziest. It's like the acid trip part of the Bible. And they're always like, it let's is. gloss over that because that's really yeah, fucking yeah, insane. It is insane and, yeah. and it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's wild. It's really wild and uh and my church had some people that probably were big rapture people. Yeah. It always creeps me out the people that love it. It's almost like uh, uh, agony porn for non-believers. The idea that they're like, we're taking up and you're fucked. You know, like it kind of, they get enjoyment And out also, of it. well, do you know, there's that whole argument and I'm not, as I'm well. Not painting, I'm not painting with a broad brush. I'm thinking of specific people, yeah. by the way. I'm, uh, but also there's that whole argument, too, that like why conservatives don't give a shit about the environment is because of the fact that right. like lead destroying the earth is what has to happen right, right, right. before they that can be is, bodily taken in heaven wars, and be reunited with yeah, what they the imagine thing, to be their father. The, the best thing in the world. The best thing in the world. The be- for the best thing in the world, the worst things in this have world to have to happen. Right. Because this world is evil inherently. And, of course. According to Christianity. Almost all of Christianity. One, yeah, this one world interpretation. Because original sin. Imagine that. 
babies, the most adorable and yeah, innocent yeah. things. Born sinful, and Christians have to make them born sinful. They're born. They're born sinful. That's Although, so but it's up. interesting because the Jewish faith, in my understanding, mm-hmm. uh, have seventy percent of our scripture. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yet interpret things differently. Yeah. Don't look at the world as just a place that we're skimming through. Yeah. Looked at it as something to be participated in. Yeah. And and enjoy. Dare I say enjoyed? Whereas dare later, you say, dare. Yeah. <laughs> later, it seemed like a lot of a lot of that like this ain't my home. I'm just passing yeah. through. Stuff came through hardship, through lots of different uh, plagues and depressions and stuff. But we've retained it, and we're still like this. Yeah. Who cares? Not everybody, but some of them are like, who cares about the environment because mm. we're going to heaven, right now. The rapture, I, I am personally not afraid of it. I, in fact, I told my mother that I was afraid, and she's the religiousist of my family, <laughs> and I told her that I was afraid of the rapture, and she thought I was silly. Like, she's like, that's just silly. Cause Wait, we, you told her recently, or when well, you Well, you know, child? every, every, no, recently, <laughs> and I'm still a child. <laughs> because uh, I, I know I've said this on the show before, but it, it bears repeating. It's the idea that one of those groups was like, hey, the world's going to end on this date at this time. Mm-hmm. Now, that's all I need. You were obsessed with that for a while. I remember. I was you. obsessed with that uh, a little bit. Yeah. And then on the day, I was certainly the only of my friends that was a little bit like pensive. I kept my. I deliberately kept myself busy. You know what I mean? I set up a bunch of wow. auditions and, and meetings. I didn't want to be alone. I'm. 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 I'm I don't like it. But there's if a group of people uh-huh. come together and say, uh, "Our God told us this is happening," yeah. I'll be like. Maybe we should listen to these guys. Like, right. I, I have whatever that gene is. You can call me stupid, mm-hmm. whatever you want. I know I'm not alone. There are people that oh, yeah. can just be bought into people in robes and torches and going, uh, December, I don't even want to say a date. I don't like that. I, it freaks me out. <laughs> really? We've uncovered a secret weirdness of me. Yeah, we really have. It's, ter- it's weird. So anyway. I, I, now I'm just thinking of the date. Ah, <laughs> are we, and we're thinking of the same date. I no. think we are. Like 2012, I'll I'll be the only one that's kind of like it's 12 21 12, right? Yeah, 12 21 12. Okay, but I won't worry about it until 12 21 12. That's okay. that's the truth. That's as good Should as I can do. Should have a party. Absolutely. And I went to a party. Oh. I went to a party the night before, and it was lovely. But it was the next day the world was supposed to end. Oh, okay. It was an apocalypse uh, apocalypse party. Carl Hess. It was great. Oh, really? They played "It's the End of the World as We Know It." Uh, every there was that vibe going back to the beginning of this discussion of like. There was some sex in the air. You know what I mean? Really? It was kind of like people were like, yeah, what this the was world the one, does This end? was the one that was all inspired by those subway ads? The subway ads? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in New York, <laughs> yeah, in the, Union Square and stuff, it was more in your face. Yeah. Out here, it was a few and far between billboards. Oh, okay, yeah. New York, there were people like protesting or whatever yeah. you call that, getting their nut on. Getting ready to die. Getting ready to die and wanting you to die like they die. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, good intentioned, I, I think, but uh, also... Pretty misguided people, I think. Yeah. Um, the road to Pelham's lined with good intentions, right? Good intentions, yes. Yep, the road to Pelham. Pelham. Yep. What's Pelham? Lined with good intentions. <laughs> <laughs> what is Pelham? It's just, it's just An, me, nothing. You saying nothing. It's nothing. I loved it, it both nothing. times. Yeah, well, you didn't love it either, they, let's be honest. There were, guys, there were people that spent their, uh, their life savings on... <gasps> uh, that hurts. They gave it away or they whatever. They, they put their dogs down. People put their dogs down. I mean, like, it's yeah. fucked up. And they told their children, like, I'm sorry you don't believe and uh, we're out of here. 
I mean, like, imagine the next day when everyone was still there and they're like, hey. But I mean, you, uh, well, I mean, like those people are clinically like they, they have pro- they have deep seated uh, psychological. Problems. I agree. And to I'm, put a dog down. Yep. On just the possibility. Yeah. Well, and in their mind, they're thinking, I don't want them to be ravaged by earthquakes and, and famine and all this sort of stuff. So they yeah. think they're doing something nice. So my that little uh, dysfunction in my own brain right. sympathizes with those people. However, my rational brain goes, you fools. Yeah. I get upset about it just like anybody yeah, should. Yeah. But on the day, I remember this is how I knew I wasn't quite out of the woods yet psychologically when it comes to the trauma that I still experience given my upbringing. Uh, and trauma meaning any other interpretation of Christ that isn't just love and forgiveness and grace and peace and hope yeah. and joy and all those virtues uh, or beatitudes. Uh, the idea that uh, the world was supposed to end at 6 o'clock and it was like 5.30 and I had some nice scotch. Mm-hmm. I had a little nice scotch because I was like, well, what, what, just what if they're right? Plus I was anxious. So yeah. I was like, this will work. And then I was going to masturbate but didn't for fear that Jesus riding <laughs> a flaming sheep would be coming by my balcony and go – you were on the line, Pete, but this just put you on the... You're staying now. You got your ham and your sandwich, and I'm leaving you. Oh, it's me, Jesus. That's, that's, what, that's he what he sings, sings when he rides a flaming sheep. Away from me, damning me, because I couldn't not take myself to dinner one last time on my stupid Ikea couch drinking $100 scotch. Fucking weirdo. Uh, here's the prank. Mm-hmm. It's a Christian prank show. Who knows what it's called? Okay. And the prank is they take a woman, a young woman in, in high school, and she, they, she's a big fan of the Left Behind series. So she's thinking about the rapture a lot. Yeah. She goes to the bathroom. Everybody in, the, in this coffee shop, cafe is in on it, leaves their clothes, walks outside. When she comes back, all she sees is clothes lying around and a couple people. Like that, and she's like, "What happened?" And they're like, "I don't know. They just, they just disappeared. They just, they just, I think it was the rapture." And and she fucking loses her goddamn mind. This girl cries as she fucking should. Wow! And screams. She believes the prank in this scenario is that is, she's damned. Is that you're for damned? Eternity. And the god that you love has hates forsaken you. you and hates you. And guess what? Took fucking Derek and you know he fingered Tiffany on that bus up to Camp Wontonka <laughs> and uh, he's gone with his fucking uh, I, You know what? I'm going to say I'm on the line about this one because that would cause such a shift. crisis of faith. It would it cause uh, it would cause that woman to to take everything she thought and put it into I would l- contrast I, uh, mm-hmm. and think about absolutely everything after that moment because she just experienced what the worst thing was. You know she what? Went through it. I'd love to have her on the show. <laughs> if anybody knows her, I'd love to have her on the show. Where did you where did you hear about this? It's on YouTube. Just type in rapture prank. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I hit no, that. I hit the table all the time. Oh my god, what really? We, not living. So life? you can see you can actually see it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <gasps> I just told you about it, but it's it's better to watch it. Wow. And I wanted to do a shot for shot parody of it. Mm-hmm. Except we do it to Matt, who does all the front page films with us, right? Mm-hmm. So we do it, and we're like, we're going to prank Matt. He's big into the rapture, right? So Matt goes in the bathroom. And he's just everybody psyched. leaves their clothes. No, no. I'm, I, <laughs> I, I, I he's like, yes! You know. Yes, and he just starts fucking everything. It's <laughs> funny that that's where you went, because my draft, and no one thought this was funny because it was too weird, I think. Uh-huh. We didn't make it. Was Matt came out, because I like pictures. He just fucks. He starts fucking a napkin holder. No. That's what he's always wanted to do. 
You're on the right track. <laughs> Mine is he sees all their clothes and he goes over to the girls and he takes their panties and starts smelling them. Because <laughs> I think that's hilarious. That's the darkest thing you could do. So all your friends close to there and people are like, it's the rapture, it's the rapture. And instead of being afraid, he's just glad that fucking Cheryl's <laughs> panties are here and he puts them in his mouth and then they come out and they're like, it's a prank. And he's like, well, fuck you guys and just runs off with them. We'll never make it. I like that. This podcast like is the that. best expression of that sketch. I, yeah. I agree. People think that's too weird. In Japan, people love buying panties and sniffing them. Yeah. I don't think sniffing panties is weird. You don't? <laughs> I just wanted to say that sentence just to test it out. But no, I mean, I think that that's a, a recognizable uh, Fetish. male desire. I suppose so. Yeah. It's it's a little weird. It's a little weird, but it's within the world. You it's know not what? as weird as fucking a napkin dispenser. Is what you I'm took you heightened. It, I actually. went to the. That's my problem. Like is just, that I go to the place that no one under no one wants to. I actually no that's funny because that's your place and my place. Because I'm telling you, I pitched it to my yeah. friends who think I'm funny, and they were yeah. like, I don't know about that. <laughs> and you went even farther. <laughs> I, it's actually one of my favorite parts in being John Malkovich is uh, when he's going through his subconscious. One of the scenes that you flash by is Malkovich sniffing panties. Yeah. Do you That's remember right. that? Yeah, I do. Because that is one I of those recently weird... saw it again. I'm sorry to keep using the word weird. I just mean like unusual. It's in the title of the podcast. I know, but like I don't want to give a judgment to it. Because what's fucked up is the smell of vagina. Mm-hmm. Let's just break it down. Right. Let's do a service to people. Right. If we can make anyone... I don't want anyone stealing panties, but I'm just saying... If you smell vagina, it's arousing. There yes. you go. It's 100%. just chemical, yeah. and a guy is going to want to. But also, I think it's understandable that. only in the fact that like the like there's pheromones that we're naturally attracted to, sure. and there's a whole load of them in, in panties. That's where you're going to get the most of them. Yeah, and dare I it, say, a, a girl's t-shirt would all see. There we go. There we go. We've but, backed up the truck a little bit, and we're in a little bit more of a reasonable quote unquote area. To smell smelling a girl's t-shirt, t-shirt smelling that's a girl's. Like, that's almost like. Uh, Nice and wistful. You almost like are like, oh, this guy's so. Sensitive. He misses her. It's he like it's like Brokeback yeah. Mountain when he smells his shirt. Yeah, remember the end of Brokeback Mountain? Never saw it. It's actually worth seeing. It's a good movie. I will. And it, I'm sorry for the spoiler, but at one point, he let's just say shirt. someone misses someone and they smell his shirt, and it's ve- he actually kind of hugs it. It's 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 making me a little sad thinking about it right really? now. But smells is a woman's shirt. He's smelling. It. <laughs> <laughs> I know nothing about You Brooke are Batman. very good. That was very good. Uh, yeah, pheromones. I, somebody, uh, one of the great things about doing this podcast is people are constantly, rec- first of all, I'm a dum-dum. We, we, we could call the show Pete Needs Help. It's called, you're a bag of dum-dums. Bag of dum-dum lollipops. We could call the show Pete Needs Help, because I do. People are always emailing me books, and I actually read them. Well, I, read them. I actually I thought that was the what? next name. What? Because you're using your fingers like you're listing something. Yeah. So I thought it was like, Pete needs help. We call it Pete needs help. We call it, uh, people are always sending me books and I'm always reading them. (laughs) That's a terrible title. (laughs) Welcome back to people are always sending me books and and I'm I'm always reading them. them. Uh, Today, Uh, uh, somebody sent me a book. Guess what I did with it. I'm not going to tell you. And then I I just read an excerpt. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just the about the author. Thomas Kinland <laughs> was born in Portland, Maine. <laughs> People hate this podcast. Uh, well, the, the great thing is, is when we talk about these things and we talk about dating and stuff on the show every time, which is the, that's a great thing to talk about with you next, is uh, they, somebody sent me a link, and I'm sorry for forgetting, but uh, I think I thanked them on Facebook, was they sent me a link to something. Which was called pheromone dating. I think it's come up one other time on the show. <gasps> no. Which is you really? sleep in a t-shirt for three days. You put it in a bag. 
And then uh, you go to this party, right, where all the people that are participating are. And you see the pictures. So it's not just blind. It's not, it's not just olfactory. Uh-huh. You get to see them. And if there's someone who looks interesting or, or let's let read attractive no. to you and smells desirable to you, because you're like number eight, smelled awesome to me. I definitely want a spoon with number 12. Number 19 smells like a firecracker. You know what I mean? And then you look at their photos and you're like, oh, 19 looks like a firecracker too. I love her. Let's go on a date. And they were like statistically – those dates based on pheromones, based on smell, based on your mammal instincts would like last years, like three years or something. Yeah. Like successful relationships. I think I had one, a, a full two-year relationship that was based only on, on, smell. on smell. Is that true? I think so, yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, 100%. They also say that after a woman gives birth, her smell changes. So That's you kind of have to like two smells. Wow. Because the smell is now the baby's smell. I can't believe that that's on the um, biological. Because, you know, Let's guys. Do it. Oh, weird guys are always just like, listen, man, after the kid comes, it's different. You know, right. they always say shit like that. Yeah. And then to find out that it's on the biological. I believe it is level. chemical. Yeah, I think something wow. happens and now you smell like mommy. You smell wow. like mommy to the baby. Yeah. Uh, tell me about that. Two years, because the girl just smelled intoxicating to you? It was just, yeah. There was, yeah, it was just like. It wasn't that. just sexual, it smelled like coming home. It was... Or it was sexual. Don't let me it, take the sex out of it. Here's the, here's the crazy part is that she smelled and I didn't like the smell. I did not like the smell. Hmm. Um, but I, I was obsessed with it. Ed, what? Ed Salazar makes another cameo on my show. <laughs> Does that mean the show's over? I'm on this show. Yeah, you're fine. Yeah, I'll be They're just fine. loading the audience in. Yeah. We're, we're recording above Meltdown where every Wednesday is the best comedy show in Los Angeles. You should come out. Come on out. Go out. Come on out. Come out to this one. Come on out. This is this live, one. so you know, just like do it like NPR. <laughs> yeah. If you want to come out to the uh, one of the greatest meltdown, it's a, one of the greatest shows here in Los Angeles. Uh, have to the, go to the there's a night market out back. Is there a night market? Yeah. What's your favorite? I'm stealing this from SNL, but I think about it every day. What? What's your favorite kind of fiber? <laughs> I believe Molly Shannon said that, and it yeah, killed me. That's really uh, tell me. So smell. It was a fuck smell. It was a sex smell, it and you didn't w- like it at it first. You didn't even, like it at first. I didn't. I disliked the smell. You actively had an opinion about it, and it was no. Mm-hmm. The no first time you. we had sex, I was like, "This is not happening. No way. We're not going to see each other again. We'll be friends, maybe. Yep. yep. But this is uh uh-uh, uh no way. And then we, I ended up living with her. Really? Yeah. It grew on you. Yeah. And then you became. It was almost like I didn't love it. Yeah, it was almost like I didn't. But there, it was something about smell. Like I didn't. I just. It just like locked into some. So an, it went animal part of the brain. Not liking it to actually liking it, not just getting used to it. You know, but liking it, it, it wasn't necessary. Like my conscious brain didn't like it, but huh. I. I mean, obviously, just kept going. You know, going back. Interesting. Um, and so there was just. It was like this little unconscious kind of animal thing. Interesting. Yeah. I've had a girl that, uh, that just somebody that maybe I went on a date with and, and I was like, this girl, there's something happening with the smell. Yeah. And you're like, can she smell it? And then later I was like, I'd smell it and I'd be like, I, I can't. It was, a smell was a deal breaker. And it wasn't a bad smell. Yeah. It was just like, you know, when you're a little kid and you go to someone's house and you're like, your house smells like your family. <laughs> you, you yeah. You can't yeah. quite put your finger on it. Well, the other day I got into an elevator and someone smelled like her. <gasps> it, was in, it was in Portland, actually. In Bridgetown, That's and I got right. into an elevator, and I was like, I just had this like, you know, like really, I just had like, I, but I didn't know why. Yes, and it wasn't, and I I rode the elevator with her twice because I remember the smell. Oh. It was the second time when I smelled it, I was like, 
Oh, yes. that's the, the other person. Isn't smell. that interesting? I feel like smell is the quickest link to just reducing us to a mammal. Yes, like, I've been trying to write. I've been trying to write a stand-up bit about that. Especially when I was single, I would be brought to my knees by just a woman walking past me yeah. with a certain type of perfume. <sighs> like it would just, I would just quiver and just stop. And I, and no matter what I was thinking about, I would just be like, nah. Yep. You pretty girl. Yeah. You want to make it weird? Yeah. A girlfriend, an ex-girlfriend left deodorant in my house and I found it and I smell it and I was immediately just like a world of sex flashed into yeah. my brain. Like it was... Like some sort of smelling salt that you'd be like, smell this, boy. And you have like 30 <laughs> flashes before your eyes and, you, and you're back from a coma. I smelled it and I was like, and I have a terrible memory. I have like one of these really bad memories. I know everyone says that, but like really, like it's falling off the earth behind me. Yeah. Like what's happening is passing through me and just falling <laughs> into a void. Yeah. So I smelled this and suddenly I was like, ah, I'm so interested in that stuff too because me those too. memories are in there. They, but And also sometimes can't access them. I have – Yeah, cannot my, access. My – for years and I maybe it's even still like the most evocative smell I have – is um, the smell of uh, the exhaust from uh, laundry. Mm-hmm. And that, for some reason, tapped into something that I have a very specific feeling about. Yep. It overwhelms me. It washes over me, and uh-huh. I have no idea why. Isn't that interesting? I don't know consciously what the connection is. I just started... But, I, but, the, but the feeling has a shape. It has everything. I, know I mean. Can, you, know, you know, it has all the con- quality other than consistent. knowing what it is. Every time. Yeah. I, I know, and you know, it's funny doing laundry. I often smell the smell of fabric softener yeah, and yeah. something about the machines. And I'm like, this is every time I've done laundry. Like it's all yeah, yeah, bleeding yeah. into one thing. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I, I was just going to ask you something, and it made me kind of blank. It doesn't matter. Let's talk about. Yeah, let me breathe on you and my smell. <laughs> I do love your smell. I miss your musk. <laughs> David Keckner was on the show. I miss your musk. <laughs> it's such a great thing to say. Smell, smell, weird thing. Good smell, thing. weird thing. Uh, and I definitely masturbated with that deodorant. That's what I was questioning. <laughs> That's what I wanted to know. I don't want to push it, but I'm happy you were fucking honest about it, Pete. <laughs> it's a weird show, man. Mm-hmm. It's a weird show. And I'll tell you, it was pretty great. It took some of the edge of you'd think you'd feel worse because you did some sort of masturbatory no, voodoo, great. but instead I was like that was magical. It's a little bit magic. That's just that, about to use the word magical. Well, right you're a there. magical man, and then I promptly threw it away because then I had this weird sort of like that's I your Christian. I need to no, your, no, no, no. It wasn't. It wasn't a guilt toss. No. In fact, I might have had more than one session. But that was. But then it after, wasn't a guilt toss. It was not a guilt toss. I know what a guilt toss feels like. You're talking to a guy who used to look at pornography when he was in high school, and then would like, I'd have to burn it. Like, I'd, I, you want to talk about Christian guilt? I would. I, my brother had like a penthouse, and I'd look at it and fucking do what you do with pornography, and then I'd like. In the garage, I'd cover it in oil. You know what I mean? Like, I'd, I'd want it gone. I'd walk a mile to throw it away nowhere near my house. Yeah. Fucking weird rituals yep. that made me feel clean again. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. I go, like, I just did something dirty. I own it. Yeah. I just masturbated with some deodorant. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> not with the deodorant. It's not like I was just <laughs> applying it to my dick. But, yeah. And then the reason I threw it away, even weirder, dare I say. Whew, yeah. Rhyming. Was that I didn't want to have uh, I didn't I, I want to move on from the past I don't want some old person right when no, you talk that's about true. 
naked photos or whatever, or even uh, non-naked things. I yeah. don't, I don't have that many naked photos. But I'm just see, I have to protect my stupid image. Who cares if I have naked photos of ex-girlfriends? But I'm just saying, I don't. I, if I did, I would get rid of them, and I have anything that was in that vein because I, I, I want to move forward. I yeah. don't want to, to kick around in the past smelling deodorant. That's not me living at my best. Smelling deodorant, looking at an old photo, and remembering what was. Fuck that shit. I don't know. Look, look out! Know. Look out to the future, Kurt. There's a fucking armpit hair ladder going to a better place. <laughs> I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced because the few. I mean, like the past is the past and the future. I mean, like there's no. You can't say that the future is inherently somehow better than the past, right? So the past is who you are and what you were. I think it's totally fine to have that still be a part of a part of your psyche. You know what's either the best or the worst about me is I'm instantly convinced. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kind uh, of like uh. I'm like I agree. You just said the opposite of what I just said. <laughs> and that is just another one of the contradictions of me. And I'm not doing it to be an open or a good person, but I'm li- I hear you say that and I'm like, "Of course. Yeah. It's it's a part of who I am." <laughs> but I also agree with the other part of me that's like, "Fuck that, let's move forward." Yeah, yeah, yeah. But both are true at the same well, I'm time. I'm moving forward just an illusion. You, uh, we're all in the same tub <laughs> drain. I don't I don't know what that means. We're all in the same sink. Yeah. Yeah. Tell me, let, I, I know you talked about this on the National Public Radio or mm-hmm. on uh, Fresh, no, not Fresh, you, you talked about on This, this American, American Life. Life. This American Life. T-A-L. James, you owe me a skim latte. That's, <laughs> how, that's how This American Life <laughs> jinxes work. You owe me a bag of granola. <laughs> skim latte, put it in a tote. You can't say your name until you touch a writing from Ernest Hemingway. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know anymore. <laughs> you and I have something very similar. Yes. In that, yes. you uh, were in one of the, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it because you already did it on NPR. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to say what happened to you and then Sounds we'll pick good. up from a place that wasn't covered on that okay. show. What episode was it? Uh, it was a Valentine's Day episode, 2012. It's great. Listen to it, and here's us talking about it. Uh, you were in one of those relationships that was just like, it's understood, we're going to get married, we're perfect for each other. Every, it, we've all known those couples where it's like, of course, Kurt and whatever her name is, they're perfect, they're going to they're gonna be wed. And you were very inexperienced, and you started dating young. Is that correct? How old? Yep, yep 18. 18, worse than me. Mm-hmm. I started dating my, what became my wife when I was 20, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. So you were 18, even worse, dare I say, or better, depending on how you're looking at it. And then you were in this relationship for how long? 13 years. Oh, fuck, man. You win. I'm (laughs) going to do my best to break the pattern and let you talk more than me because you have something to tell us. You were in this relationship for 13 years. And just to cut to the end, you guys realized that you had uh, been together your whole youth. Literally from the in flaring up of your, of your sexuality, for the most part. I know we're horny when we're like 15, but really it's right. maturity. At 18, you've been with this one person. She mm-hmm. was the only girl you'd been with. Mm-hmm. And you, vice versa. Yes. And you realized life was kind of passing we had by. Both, we had both been with one person in high school. Okay. It, 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 it right. doesn't really ruin anything for me. It doesn't. Uh, so very inexperienced is the point. Right. Or dare I say that makes it, dare I say, what is that, my new thing? I'm going to say that that makes it a little bit worse because you have been with one other person and it's kind of like, remember that? That was a different smell. Yeah. That was a different move. Yeah, You know, yeah, the yeah. way somebody, the choices that they're making. Yeah, so but I didn't things. even think about smells and, and moves even. Do you know what I mean? It was so at a, such a young age that I didn't even start thinking about all that stuff until later, until I had become single. Yes. And it was a world all of a sudden of that course. opened and unlocked to me. Well, Kurt... Thank you, because that's perfect, because you did, you literally, just as me, when I was married, and I'm not here, and I don't think you're here either, if anybody's in some long-term relationship with their high school sweetheart, please don't take this the wrong way. No. But I didn't know what I was missing, 
And would you say that's the same for you? You didn't know what you were missing. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 it's not that I – you didn't know what you're missing, but it's not necessarily that it's, you know, it's – it's not necessarily that it's better or anything like that. It's just different. Well, missing – And I think the difference – almost the difference is the better for me. Yeah. But I don't think it's inherently better or worse. Right. Well, missing implies right. some sort missing of judgment. It, I just missing, mean like you didn't know you had no what idea. the other things were. In the same way that I don't know what it's like to be a carpenter. Right. Because I've never been a carpenter. Precisely, but being a carpenter isn't necessarily better or worse. It's than just being a different comedian. and it's interesting. Different. So okay, so here you are with your girlfriend out of thirteen years, and you decide to become carpenters. <laughs> and by decide? that I mean fucking up some wood. <laughs> and you called it a rump springer mm-hmm. because that's what the Amish call it. And yeah. you said, "Let's take one year, right? One no, year. one month. One month. <laughs> we were going to one month to fuck as many people as we could, and then Let's decide whether a- or not we were going to get married." One of the most interesting things I've ever heard in my life. And you did it. Yeah. It's a privilege to talk to you, man. It's so interesting. And so the similarity, just so we can speak as brothers, yeah. is that I uh, mine was a divorce. It ended. Right. Uh, and then I was on the outside. And we both had these similar feelings of like suddenly going out to bars and being like, what are people doing? How does this happen? Yes. And I distinctly remember going... Something that I think you might have said on the show or maybe you just reminded me that I felt was I was like, oh, people be fucking. Yeah. No, just realize that there's literally this world that I had blinders on. Yeah. That every single night at every bar I'd ever been to, Mm -hmm. at a certain point, people just start kind of pairing off. Right. That's what's unbelievable And I'd never noticed it before because I wasn't doing it. And then all of a sudden when I started doing it, I was like, well, this is Fascinating. Yes. It's just like a little it's, it's like, like a, a little secret... drunk scientist uh, <laughs> with experiments on my own life and yeah. I have no there's no control. Yeah. It's just life spitting out of control. Uh, and there's no way for me to know what the normal part is. No control. Yeah. That's <laughs> fantastic. You kind of look like a scientist too. Yeah, so I, I remember having that distinct feeling where I'd go out and I was on what I thought was a bender. Yeah. Which meant I'd stay out till two in the morning. Yeah. And then at two in the morning, everyone else was still there. Yeah. It's like, are you guys also on All bender? <laughs> no people party and they hang out and here let, let's talk about emotions that's yeah. interesting to me uh starting to have sex with other people after my wife i thought my wife was going to be the only person i was going to sleep with i right. was on that tip and i was kind of proud that i had been a member of that club now i'm fucking other people and i was a little struck with the fact that i didn't feel that cliche sadness i yeah. never really had that like uh, another little piece of myself given to a random. You know what I yeah. mean? Like I'd, I'd have sex with somebody, and that, as people know, that often led to relationships. Yeah, friendships for you. Friendships too. Yeah, and also uh, since then there have been uh, dates and stuff where sex occurs, and there is no relationship, but everybody's fine with it. Everybody's, everybody's friendly. Fine with it. Everybody's what it's, fine with it. There are so many times that that the, the the idea that like. Because now we're adults. We're grown people. It's no longer, there's no longer like a prey, sometimes there is like a prey victim mentality, or like a yes, prey hunter, yes. hunter, hunter yes. mentality, where it's like in every sexual exchange, one person wins and one yes. person, there's some where it's just totally cool. Consenting adults. It's totally awesome. Doing what they do. And it was, it's great. And then you just like, it's a high five and then you stay friends. Yes. And that happens. And and you think that, that only does... happens in weird countercultural LA weird. No. Yeah. They, I'm pretty sure it's. Happens what, with a lot of people. It's fucking I I, perfect that you said that because I always felt like as the man, 
I'm the the wolf in sheep's clothing, and I and I right. I'm betraying you, and I go in and I ask you, oh, tell me about your family, and inside I'm just like, give me that sweet oh, sweet pussy. Oh, ah, you want to see my wooden puppet? And I'm gonna fuck the memory yeah. of your family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, what just is his name? <laughs> I'm gonna think of it while we're fucking, because I'm already bored with you. Because I'm an animal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Where. I've literally time and time and time and time and time and time again, I've had male friends, good people, put that on a billboard, decent, kind, generous heart people, tell me. <laughs> it's a really weird general generous heart. Billboard. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> for nothing. People Pete knows are good people. <laughs> and they told him the following, <laughs> women enjoy sex too. Isn't yeah. that the weirdest thing that you'd think you'd know, And yeah. but yet... I grew up and still have friends in relationships where I know every time they have sex with their wives, they think they're breaking into a bank and stealing it. And you're getting away with something. And you're getting away with something. You stole something precious from her. Yeah. Aren't I involved? Didn't you come too? Yeah. Aren't we laughing? (laughs) What is this? I'm not a monster. Do you hear how angry I get about this? It's because so much of my life I I spent and and still remain partially sexually repressed. And it makes me upset. Yeah. I think that sex is important. I think it's uh, it can be a spiritual thing and, and a binding thing uh-huh. between people. And as I go on, I'm trying to get more of your rump springer. Yeah, a little no, a little bit more of that that attitude of like we're adults. Well, here's the thing: is that also we can't too much oversell this idea of like we're adults because I do think that almost and you and I are the same way I'll say one thing and then let's go right to the opposite thing and I'm that already so agreeing often, with you. <laughs> so often uh, relationships non-sexual relationships are uneven uh, power, they're the power differentials uneven unconsciously uh-huh. that we don't even realize and so then all of a sudden when you put sex into it all of a sudden it heightens all those differences. So Interesting. there's a lot of times when even though everybody's okay with it one person's going to end up getting hurt. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so and that's the thing it's like but the the, but the, 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 the uh, being adult part is the making sure that, that person isn't hurt well, and that you, making sure that person or but sometimes you can't. Right. And that's also about kind of being adult too realize like okay well we all agreed to this thing well, you knew it was up when we started this. Right. Yeah, that, that is one of the things that I'm faced with a lot. In in my research of sexuality, I talk to friends who do have uh, casual sex. And I'm mm-hmm. like, so you tell them right up top, and they'd be like, that you're not really, let's say this guy's like, I'm not really looking for anything, but I think you're sexy, let's have sex. And then they have sex. And he said, this one guy that I'm thinking of was like, and then every single time, in fact, this is the story. There was a guy that used to go up to girls, and he would say, hi, my name's whatever. Hi, my name's Stefan. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not looking for a relationship. I just think you're very sexy and I'm a fun guy. Would you like to go out for drinks and have sex later? And feel free to slap me in the face, but that's that's my deal. Yeah. And he said it used to work all the time, which is unbelievable to me. And secondly, this is this guy said every single time the girl wanted to date him. Now, that sort of evidence. Let me raise your hand. Yes, bothers me because it is a little bit like, oh, women are the sheep and we are the wolves and no matter what you say when you have sex these chemicals are going to be released that are going to make them want to nest with you right and those chemicals are real right but there is a balance in the same way that men have to balance their 
constant chemical, like the, the dumping of testosterone into their bloodstream, they have to balance it with their thinking brain and be like, I can't just fuck everything I want to fuck because I want to fuck all the time. Right. In the same way, I think women do, smart women and, and intelligent women, women who fully realize, know that there is that chemical that happens yes. when you have sex with a man and that has to be balanced with them being conscious of that and being like, the, these feelings I'm having right now are because of that thing that's happening in the same way that dude has to be like, I'm, I'm not just a sexual crazy right, man, right. you know, like I'm not a... I want to fuck your knees. <laughs> I want to fuck your knees all the time. <laughs> so there has to be that, ba- there has to be that balance, Kurt, you know? Jesus, man, what a gift that thought was <laughs> for me and I bet uh, for a lot of weirdos out there who are like me. Yeah. Because sex is a tricky thing and I think that's brilliant. It's not... Men are idiots in their own biology. Women have their idiotic ways in their biology. It's just because we're – it's literally these old machines. Yeah. Our bodies are these old machines that have been built over millions of years of evolution. So we have all this shit that we just don't know how to function with now that we can think about all of it. Yeah. So now we're thinking about all this stuff that just used to happen automatically. Right. And we have to think about it's it. It's like a microwave being like, why do I have three settings? <laughs> There's a setting for popcorn? How much seven, popcorn are you making? 700? Does we really need to go up to 700? <laughs> I mean, we're making burritos, guys. <laughs> Our primary our function is burritos. Do you just want to make a burrito all the time? Is that all you want? <laughs> That's fucking brilliant, man. <laughs> that is that is some amazing stuff. I, I don't even know where to go. So and, and, so you ended up doing all this boning. Yep. And without retelling the whole story, it, it did end. It ended the relationship. It did because you guys enjoyed the freedom. Yeah, I mean, I think it was our weird way of breaking up. Yeah, that's interesting. Because we couldn't deal with the concept of breaking up. But uh, for some reason, we could deal with the idea of doing this fucking crazy well, rumspringer. Dare, uh, what is with this dare I say thing? <laughs> it's Jesus. really weird. I need, you said I, it I, need how, I must have been reading some Victorian literature. You should look into you being autistic. <laughs> <laughs> it said without eye contact. <laughs> That was so brutal, the way you wouldn't look at me as you said that, as if consulting a clipboard. That was that was really cold. It's very cold. I'm wondering, so this is an interesting, to me, the idea of the perfect relationship yeah. that still wants to be ended, that still has a need to end. Yeah. Nothing wrong. Well, here's the deal. Also, this perfect relationship stuff was put on it. By this American life. Oh, I see. That was something Ira decided. He decided that we were a perfect relationship because of the things that we discussed about the... Oh, and okay. maybe an argument could be made that we, it was a good relationship. Right. And I think it was, but, it, it, I mean, isn't the definition of a good relationship one that continues? Do you know right, what I mean? Right, right, right. So, therefore, there was something at flawed at the well, center of the relationship that caused it to end. Something similar there. My wife uh, fell in love with somebody else and, and proceeded to rump spring him. Oh, <laughs> right. We, while you guys were... While we were together. <sighs> but here, here's what I'm saying. Here, here's what's similar. No, this comes up on the show all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody knows that. Yeah. listens to this show. And and I've done a lot of uh, a huge amount of healing. It was yeah. four, four and a half years ago. Right. And it's not an awkward topic for me. I just want you to feel comfortable. I but, don't ever feel uncomfortable. Mm, just so you know. Is that true? Mostly not. Yeah. What if I took off my pants? <laughs> Be totally fine. I would take my pants off. I bet you would. That's good. Yes, and yeah. That's good. Yes, hams. <laughs> <laughs> I call butts hams. Cheese and hams. <laughs> 
If you ever want to lighten up a story, just refer to your own ass as hams. So my hams are out. You just recently referred to your dick as a ham, too, and your hand is oh, a sandwich. Oh, my ham sandwich. Your yeah. ham was in your sandwich. I, I consider my whole body pork. <laughs> Different types of <coughs> yeah. cured pork. Yeah. Gross Oscar oh. Mayer pink injected yeah, pork. Yeah. Uh, so what I was going to say was the similarity in our two situations because I honestly uh, respect uh, in that weird Bob Dylan way my wife for doing what she did and getting out. Uh, it was she used sex and, right. and falling in love with somebody else as the only way that she knew out. And it looks like you guys kind of uh, consented to cheat. We we, um, we intellectualized it right. You we were intellectualized like, the whole thing because we had we had had these desires and so we and we were very upfront with each other. Uh, and so we would talk about these desires, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. and, um, yeah. And then we, and then here's the thing too. And this is something I didn't talk about on this American life. So, you know, you're getting a scoop. Yeah. Well, you're getting a scoop. you know, I really bring it out of people is that, um, <laughs> is once we decided to do the rumspringa, then there was decision of how to begin. Yeah. And the beginning is the hard part because we're in a relationship. So then if you think about – if you're in a relationship and just imagine like every month that you can think of in the, in the foreseeable future, there's something that you're like, oh, well, I can't – I have – we can't not do that together. Mm-hmm. There's going to be Thanksgiving. There's going to be Christmas. And there's going to be – Oh, you're right. All these things I call that, that breakup math when you're looking yeah. for the good time to break up with someone and you're like, well, it's I can't do birthday it then. I can't do weeks. it then. You got to just do it that day. Yeah. I don't care. Christmas Eve. Pull the trigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give the gift of truth. I know. I think we decided to do it in October. <laughs> I didn't wrap this, but fucking beat it. <laughs> This is for me. I'm clapping for myself. You really are. Oh, <laughs> so sorry. Big, no, 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 no. Big fan. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I'm so sorry. Please keep, keep going. No, I mean, there's really nothing much more there. No, just but like, you it decided was between, how to start, and you were. We like, decided that we, we would do it in no October. There's no good time to start. We decided to do but it. But even in there, you're like, oh, but we dress up as salt and pepper, and we go to fucking Bobby Tisdale's Halloween party. <laughs> <laughs> And then Seth Herzog has the 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. party, and we got to go. Yeah, so we didn't. We ended up doing it January 1st, randomly enough. Is that true? Yeah. So we decided in October. Wait, you decided not to do October. Oh, you waited till October. We decided that we would do this thing in October, and then we did it in January. January So you had three months of Of knowing that it was going to happen. Kind of, but not knowing how it would. Did you happen. tag a few people? A couple of weird questions like, <clears throat> "Does your friend Sarah have um, <clears throat> an email?" <laughs> I had no. I had it set up. You did so that the first day I had a date. That's that's pretty great. I mean, if you're going to do it, I mean, in my mind, we were in a race. We had 30 days, and also we're really competitive with each other. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, "Well, I'm going to fuck more people than she's going to fuck." Here's here's something that I used to say. Uh-huh. This is old Pete. Also, by the way, this is something that's important about the story. Yes, please. Is that this was her idea? Yeah. This was not my idea. You're not a monster. That's important. <laughs> I just want to specify that I'm not a monster. Because I mean, if we were to guess, if that went unaddressed, right? Everyone's like, "He's so a you monster." You got her some fucking peach schnapps, you dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, "I guess we could do it." And you pushed her <laughs> down the stairs, and you're like, "I'm a dick." And then you cooked a steak on the skillet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, that's very interesting. Her idea. How'd she yeah. bring it up to you? No, I had I had come back from camping where I'd kind of done some soul searching, Pete, and <laughs> I uh, and I was like, hey, I was like, we it's been thirteen years, like why haven't we even really discussed being married? Yeah, and um and I remember I remember she just was like, well, 
She's like, don't you think we should probably sleep with other people before we get married? She said that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And wow. I was, and I, but the thing is, and it wasn't, I wasn't like, no. I was like, oh, yeah, that does make sense. And yeah. then we had this very intellectual conversation about it. Wow. Yeah. Freaky, man. Yeah. Wild. Here's an old Pete thought that I wonder yeah. if you had to grapple with. OP. OP. That's right. That's what Chelsea calls it. OP. Yeah. OP. Old Pete. I remember saying to my friend Joe DeRosa back in the day when sex was a very, very low thing for me. We were looking at three people or whatever that I had ever had sex with. And I was like, I just don't understand how you can fuck somebody and then the next night not be with them knowing that maybe they're out fucking someone else. Do you hear the possessiveness? Yeah, and this and is a the, person you just had sex with once. Oh, no, no, no. I hadn't. This was a hypothetical person that I hadn't even slept with yet. Okay. Uh, I, I was hypothesizing. Yeah. In fact, maybe Joe, and he wouldn't mind me saying, had just gone out on a date and had sex with her. And I was like, the girl. And I, and I was like, so are you guys dating now? And he's like, nah, you know, I see her every three weeks or something. I can't do Joe. Yeah. And I was like, you see her every three weeks? And it's not like established that you're in a relationship. He's like, no, it's just kind of fun. We just kind of hang out. I was like, and I said to him, I was like, but she could be out right now fucking somebody else. In my mind, nothing could be worse. That was terrifying to me. Really? For for a casual sex partner to have sex with someone else? Because sex was was, uh, super serious. That that's how I viewed uh, sex. I, and again, I'd like to state again that I right. still I don't think of sex as something that you just kind of throw away. Right. But no. at the same time, I am shedding some of that puritanical stuff and have since had sex with somebody and not dated them. You well, know what I mean? Know what? And also had sex. I'm going to get real hippie and Duncan Trussley on you. Had sex with somebody and actually had the thought like, I kind of hope they are having sex with somebody else because sex is great. Yeah. And no, I definitely. like them, and I hope they're having fun and being good. I actually went from the opposite side for where it was where se- where sex was very, which is like everybody, you know, just like not with everybody. I'm not like I having sex with hundreds of people, but um, but th- that the therapist. sex thing was totally fine with me, yeah. and was 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 given away freely, let's say. And then later, after I'd gone through that rumspringer and been in a relationship, and then was actually single for real. Yes. Then I would I would withhold sex. I wouldn't sleep with people unless I was serious about it. That's brilliant. Because I and the but the main reason was was because I realized how affecting it was right. to the people that I was having the sex with. Right. And if I wasn't sure, and that's how like my girlfriend and I that I'm, that I'm now with, and we we've been living with each other. We mm-hmm. just moved in with each other. Haven't yet fucked. Uh, we have not had sex yet, <laughs> so I'm just not so sure about her yet. <laughs> but you waited. We, we waited, and also she said too, and I think I, I really respected. She was like, "Listen, I'm I'm not gonna have sex with you unless we're just gonna be having sex, just you and I." And I was like, "Oh, okay." And right. then. We waited for a while, and then we finally had sex like late, much f- later than that was would have the, normal. That was the commitment act, and then that was the commitment act. Interesting, the yeah. commitment act of 2012. <laughs> How long have you been with her? Uh, it a matter. year. A year. That's yeah. great. She's lovely. Well, I got to hang out with her. Oh, yeah, that's right. In that weird haunted hotel. Where was that? Austin. Oh yeah, that was great. We that tra- was We really tried to fun. find that painting with the eyes that follow you, but if you look at any painting and think the eyes follow you, yeah, they all do. They all do. <laughs> Flying squirrel. Loves it every time. Oh, it's still on my phone. Yeah. That's from you, is, uh, <laughs> is an Onion headline on my phone's <laughs> wallpaper that says, Flying Squirrel Loves It Every Time. And that was written by a guy, I can't remember his name, but he's in a sketch group, Pangea 3000. Well, 
that's my. He's thing. a genius. It's uh, whoever we, we talk about keeping it crispy. That helps me keep it crispy yeah. because I see that and every and I see a flying squirrel and I'm like, he are, does. Are love we it all, and he loves it every time, even when he doesn't think he will. He jumps off. With he the, surprises uh, himself. He goes, Who love am I kidding? I love it every. Time. <laughs> I want to love it every time. You know what I feel? I feel about that way, and I'm gonna get a little sappy with you. But every time I go surfing, I went surfing this morning. Yeah. No matter what the experience is. Yeah. Love I, fl- it. I flying squirrel it, man. I love it every time. It and makes you should me so love it every time. Happy. I try to do that with stand up. I'm like, let's yeah. love this every time. I try to do that with sex. I love this every time. Yeah. I want to do that with meals. I want to do that with conversations. Yeah. Which, by the way, this is fantastic. I yeah. love it. This is, I love this every time. <laughs> Flying Squirrel, man. That's love our shorthand. It. Flying Squirrel is our shorthand. I that like is that. our shorthand. I feel like we covered God a little bit. Yeah. Atheist? No, no, no. Sorry, sorry to guess. Oh no, no, no. I. Uh, of, oh, and I'm not. I'm not trying to suggest. I just a lot of no, people uh, grow up in the church and then they they leave it behind. But I'm wondering. No, I, li- I believe in a in a. It's difficult to always talk about because you sound like a douchebag. Um, but I believe. Uh, in, can I just stop you there? Yeah, you're in the safest place. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All green lights. It's safe now yeah. here. Yeah, the one is being listened out in the world. Yeah, Pete. no, the weirdos are the best. They yeah. love. They love you, man. Get into it. But there's. A, I mean, I I believe that there's a divine presence, even if it is something as uh, impersonal as a as like a unified field of consciousness. But the fact that we are conscious, I think, is huge. Yes, and the fact that that exists that we are you know that there is like a there is a spirit that moves through all things that's Mm. what i do believe there's a spirit that moves through all things and you know we are we are energy and matter and when we die we just become a different form of it (laughs) and it's not in this specific way and then all these multiverses that we're finding out it kind of like reinforces all this stuff as well it's always weird to me when we can be dismissive of 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 a lot of things and then like really cling on to the idea that we're like oh there's another universe probably uh we just discovered antimatter so there's probably another universe where they just discovered matter Matter. yeah because they're like the opposite of us and there's this weird quantum me and uh, he has uh, my hair is the color of my skin my skin is the color (laughs) of my hair and and we're just kind of like yeah that makes sense that's physics yeah and then like that stuff just stretches my mind to the point where i'm kind of like if that than anything yeah <laughs> right and that's what i actually that's what i would almost more say yeah it's like why not why isn't why would why is there an argument that there's not a god yeah if there's a infinite number of multiverses well then yeah fuck of course there's a god yeah there's or a, some there's some, some idea and, and there's a billion other things that are even crazier than that that yeah. exist and yeah, yeah, i believe yeah. that I believe I was, that more. I was trying to get out of my own head the other day, very Duncan of me, uh, in the sense that I was trying to think of something, existence that wouldn't be even in the way that we think of it. Meaning matter and space and time. What if there, you know, because I think about where's, where's the end of the universe? How does that, where, what's on the other side? They say right. the universe is expanding. What's on the other side of it? I'm that guy? Yeah. Nothing. But then I was like, what if there's just something completely else that isn't, isn't anything. There's no word for it. Right. No, because it would be it exists in a, in, a, in, a, in a dimension that we, we don't even perceive. And we'd have no way to experience it. Or it would look like something else here. Right. You know? Yeah. Just the same way that like a two-dimensional being seeing a, a ball yeah, that, would only see it as like the just red a dot. wall. Yeah. That's the, the occasional appearing red dot. That's yeah. what Dimitri Martin said, episode three. <laughs> and it melted. Ah! And it melted my brain. It melted my brain. I was like, yeah. Yeah. And look. I'd just like to, again, to all the atheists that get upset that they don't get a fair shake, 
I love you. I think it's a fantastic interpretation. I just love getting weird with that idea yeah. as, as well. Yeah. Let, let's agree with both in a weird way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think God exists in the same way I think aliens exist. Yeah. Well, that's also another interesting one. Kyle and I talk about that all the time in the sense that it's like, I'm closed off to God. Aliens? Well, I mean, the world is so big, they've got to be there somewhere. Exactly, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, what about this consciousness idea? Because a lot of my religious uh, inklings becomes mm-hmm. from some sort of fear of death. Not to be uh, trite okay. or obvious, but I'm interested in the soul. I'm interested in weird astral projection. I'm interested in meditation and uh, enlightenment. And I'm like really seeking, I guess you could yeah. say. And at the core of that, I think, is me going, me no want to die. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> can, yeah. I, can I go somewhere else? I have lucid dreams. Does that <laughs> count? You know what I mean? So you're talking about your consciousness and energy and matter and that continuing, the the pattern of the universe recycling. Right. So do you think your consciousness is a thing? Is Kurt without his ego, without his mind? Are you a thing? Is there So you're talking essence? about a soul, right? I guess so. I think there, 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 there could be, but again, on a level that we really can't conceive of it. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. I think like the ego is kind of like the way we conceptualize everything. So if you take that out, then what is it? You right. know, if we, we if we just become a void mm-hmm. with no feelings, thoughts, emotions, or then are we really still ourselves? Yeah. Then, no, maybe. I mean, maybe it's the same juice. Or if you freeze your head, going back to what we said at the beginning, and attach you to a computer, is that you? Yeah, I mean, think about it this way, right? Like if if you have a if you have a, a, a shaped a bulb. In a, in a specific shape, and it's filled with a liquid, mm-hmm. and that liquid is the soul. But then you drain that liquid out, and you put it into a shape that is completely different. Now it's a curly swerve. Yeah, and a it's crazy a straw. Totally crazy straw, and you fill that up with that liquid. It has a totally different shape. It has a totally different purpose. It has a totally different function, but it has the same stuff inside of it. But is it the same thing? No, it's totally different. So even yeah. in that way. Interesting. You know, I remember, uh, and again, I don't think he'd mind me saying, but Reggie was telling, Reggie Watts was telling me about something some sort of drug experience. Uh-huh. Uh, and Reggie's not shy about having used drugs. I yeah. don't think I'm outing him here. Yeah. Uh, not that uh, I don't know if he does drugs a lot, but he told me we were talking about mushrooms. Okay. And he was telling me that he just came face to face with hi- him. Like he got a, oh, wow. a glimpse at himself, like yeah. the real him. Yeah. Away from any sort of put upon image, ego, defense, armor. It was just, there's the real me, the guy that's inside me telling me what I should do and trying to get his voice heard. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. I think we're all trying to get a better glimpse at our true selves and stuff. And that reminded me as I was thinking about that, that the first time I ever did mushrooms was at uh, Bonnaroo, <laughs> yeah. which I'm going back to this year. And you were like an angel. <laughs> and, uh, and it was me and my girlfriend and we were going around and we were on mushrooms and we ran into you and you were like, here, let me show you. We were like, where do we go, Kurt? And you went, let me show you. And we followed you. And you're like a lighthouse of a man. Just a white candle of a man. Through the masses of hippies and music lovers. And we followed you. And it was effortless. We could, you you forged a path. And you took us impossibly to like behind food trucks and generators. We're like, Kurt, do you know what mushrooms feel like? This isn't where we want to be. Until we came to a clearing (laughs) where you had been earlier on mushrooms. Yes. And you said, here. Here is an area where you can hear the music. And there are... All these seats. And hey, 
hammocks. There's, there's hammocks. There were hammocks. There's a little water spritzer over in the corner. Water <laughs> hammocks. And I got in the hammock with my girlfriend, and you came up, and you look like an angel, traditionally like Victorian angel boy. And you went, by the way, it feels really good to get drunk when you're coming down. And then you left. <laughs> and Kurt? That is very true. I, I, now, in front of the audience, I want to say thank you for you're, that. You are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Great episode. Let's thank get, you. Let's get you out of here. Yeah, I got to do a show. I got to go to my show, too. Uh, every episode ends with you saying, keep it crispy, if you will. Uh, the guest just says, keep it crispy. <laughs> I fucked it up. Wait, let me do it again. <laughs> You'll look at me when you say that, but not the autism thing. Good gravy. Hey, Pete. Yeah. Keep it crispy. Every day. Yeah. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you. Brown Oler, everybody. That's Brown great. Oler. so Now leaving Nerdist.com.